stew about ju- that. Most. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys will get In along great. <laughs> it, it'll still be called chili by just about anybody. But technically, speaking as somebody who blogs about cooking, it's not chili with beans in it. Uh, it seems strange. Don't ask. I don't have the reason for you. I was brought up on beans. I always had beans. So you were eating a lot of stew then. I guess. <laughs> you, you, you weren't. You weren't aware. I like I said. I it was brought up the same way. It always had kidney beans when my parents made it. I so regardless of what else the dish has in it, add beans. It's now a stew. Are you googling this, Sarah? Chili history. When it comes to the story of chili, tales and myths abound. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> my. Chili Mythbusters, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Mexicans are said to deny any association with chili. Why? It's not a bad thing. I don't know. What's chili what? done to anyone? Except for give Brian the shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's understandable. I'm sorry. This is a fun fact, and you just have to know it. It says enthusiasts. Enthusiasts of chili say one possible, though far-fetched, starting point comes from Sister Mary of Agreda, a Spanish nun in the early 1600s who never left her convent yet had out-of-body experiences in which her spirit was transported across the Atlantic to preach Christianity to the Indians. After one of the return trips, her spirit wrote down the first recipe for chili <laughs> con carne. It's a godsend. Like, Which has no beans. <laughs> chili peppers, wow. venison, so- onions, and tomatoes. So it's God that hates the beans. <laughs> <laughs> or the Indians that Blasphemy. she spoke to in her dreams. <laughs> this chili is blasphemous. She went and talked to them. They gave her some of the local fare. And then she had a vision that someone told her the recipe for chili. I feel like she ate a Connect lot of mushrooms and yes. maybe got the wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> or the right ones. The right ones. Lyndon B. Johnson was a big chili lover. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Waha. All right. It's chili history, you know. If it's I would on the Gerald internet. Ford, if they were going to bring something like that up, it's I would have guessed internet, Gerald Ford was yeah. a big chili guy. But Who, Gerald Ford? Yeah. She said Lyndon Johnson, so. <laughs> if I was going to guess a president that was going to be into well, chili, I would have went Ford. <laughs> yeah. Seems the most chili type of Because he says chili concocted outside of Texas is a weak, apologetic imitation of the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fuck you, Texas. <laughs> wow. Right, so there you go. The uh, open challenge thrown. from me to people in Texas. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> try my chili. Come up to Pennsylvania and, and try some chili of me. Chili of me. <laughs> that's, that sounds not, wrong. Not that, not that you ever do, but if, if we started titling episodes. The chili of me. <laughs> the chili of me, yeah. Two, what, take two it or, to the crust, Mike. Mike is yeah, that what's take it to the chili <laughs> Take it to the crust. I did, I, and the I chili did make me. homemade croutons for it, so we're taking it to the crust. <laughs> you think you just found the title of your memoir, too. The chili, the chili of me. <laughs> the, the Mike Bradley story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I If I ever write a memoir... Remind me of that because I will forget. But writing that time code down because that's going to be the intro. <laughs> chili of me. The chili of me. I just thought of Kevin dropping the chili of the I was so worried about that. I I had duct tape over the top of the thing, and it was like, no, I'm not having that happen. No yet. No way. So, yeah, the cover of the book this is Mike. Mike's big freaking crockpot of chili just on the floor.
welcome to another episode of Brag Out of Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me th- for this episode, we're going to go around the room. Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Josh Zorch. Mr. Movie Slut. Leslie Oders. Hi. <laughs> Mike Bradley. Hello. And Sarah Zorch. My husband confuses me. <laughs> if you listened to the show more regularly, you would know. <laughs> I, th- th- still, that was not what I thought was going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> It, that it, can be the title of your book. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's be the podcast it, it, where we just bring out titles of everyone's yeah. autobiography. I want to change mine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to choose. <laughs> you bring it on yourself. It chooses you. <laughs> uh, Mike, I hope you're good for that intro because we made very clear where you're going to end up in that order. I did not catch you off guard on this one. No, I was not caught off guard. Okay. Um, I'm usually caught off guard. He tries to fuck with me on when he's going to oh. intro me in... Apparently, I get him mixed up every fucking time. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. I, and he I blames it on never knowing which, <laughs> which order he'll be going in. Yeah, because well, this is pretty he, evident. He, like, he would always announce me last because I was like newest to the show, so I would always be last, and I could fuck with people in my intro because I could plan something out. And then he started mixing it up when I started fucking around a little bit, <laughs> and then it now I don't know where it's going to happen. It's like being in timeout. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Mike, you had something to tease? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Miss Marvel here, we're going to talk about that and everything. But first, uh, coming up, we're going to have a few episodes focused solely on the MCU to kind of lead us into Endgame. That would be the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is that correct, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Just say yes. Yes, that is correct, yes. Welcome to my life. (laughs) (laughs) So... In uh, one of these episodes, we are going to have another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends Jeopardy. For that today, I am going to reveal the categories, because it's going to be all MCU, guys. Oh, this is great, because we forgot all of them in advance that he told us before. Yes. <laughs> yes, and so. this time I don't want anybody, This time we can like, forget again. <laughs> I'm telling everybody now, but, you know, I don't want you going and, like, studying or something. That kind of ruins the fucking fun. But it'd be better if you guys could do better than last time, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you not to study, but you should probably study. <laughs> Remain stupid. <laughs> um, so so I, I'll, I'll give a brief explanation of what I mean with each of these. Um, so I have two, three categories that are going to be repeated. Once in single Jeopardy and then back again in double Jeopardy this time. It is the MCU. There's not as many categories to go with. Um, so we have soundtracks. This is going to be a one and two um this is basically we're just gonna take the uh name of a song on an actual orchestral soundtrack from one of the movies and you will have to tell us which movie it is from uh some of these may be <laughs> Sarah's easy. Intrigued. Some of them may be more difficult um but it should be a fun category I, I had fun making it up and picking which tracks to go with so hopefully you guys will have fun with it too um, then we're going to have two categories of specific cameos, not Stan Lee cameos, which is also a category. Um, but these are non-Stan Lee cameos. Um, in Single Jeopardy, you'll be doing non-Stan Lee cameos from Iron Man movies. And in Double Jeopardy, you will be doing non-Stan Lee cameos from Guardians of the Galaxy movies. There is enough of both to make whole categories. Um... Then we have the Stan Lee cameos, as I said. Is that going to be limited just to the MCU or any 
like at Marvel MCU. movie. MCU. This is okay. this is all about the MCU. So yeah, I kept it relegated. Um, then a category from last time. The only one returning is "Don't Look at Me." You said it uh, for a single Jeopardy and double Jeopardy round. There, uh, that is our quotes category. Um, following there, we have post credit scenes which should be fairly obvious what that's going to focus on. Uh, we have Family Matters, which is going to be concerned mostly with uh, the characters we've met and family relations. Um, we're going to have a category based entirely on the Infinity Stones. We are going to have a category called Hail Hydra. Can anybody give me a Hail Hydra? Hail Hydra. I knew somebody Wait, that's would the wrong do it. Salute. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't. I, don't, I don't think uh, Brian gave the correct salute for Hydra right Sweet there. German, complete um, German. Both fists up in the air. That's it's it. not the Nazi I have to hold salute. the microphone. Um, and the final category is, as always, with Jeopardy! Potpourri, which you have to include if you're going to do a Jeopardy! thing. Potpourri, just general questions. Um, some fun, interesting ones there. So... Now that you know these categories ahead of time, I do expect a better performance this time because I was. Just I think it's more fun if we suck, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> We're allowed to. You, are you going to study? I'm not being on that show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I have to do it, you have to do it. Oh. No one said you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I was wondering when that was established. <laughs> I like how that I took because that normally like, oh, wait, I, I get that. guilted. <laughs> <laughs> I have a slightly better chance though this time because there aren't. That's what we figured. Yeah, you'd feel more comfortable off. with this. Yeah, one. no, th- th- this is this is purely MCU. This I didn't try. You know, like last time, it was all over the damn place. It was you know just general trivia, and honestly, nobody except Josh really did very well at all. Um, I think everyone else did. I think I was just I was fast on the trigger. I don't think it was the, the Ken Ham. Yeah, <laughs> the, that's a Jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we can't hold. Yeah, we can't really include Ian's average, but... No, Ian... No, sorry, Ian, if you listen to this. I'm sure you won't, but... <laughs> Ian did not take it seriously at all. Um, it's a story okay. for him on this podcast. <laughs> That's um, the title of his book. <laughs> he did not take it seriously. <laughs> oh, we're titling his book without him here. <laughs> um, and he'll never know, because he doesn't listen. <laughs> So hopefully this time we can do a bit better. We do have other shows planned. Um, I don't know, Brian. Do you want to explain those? Do you want me to? I mean, I'll, other than just teasing, we're going to do try to do I think three MCU themed shows. I can't remember now. I can't remember if this counts as one of them or not. If we no, counted Captain Marvel, okay, yeah. No, no, we, we we have the Jeopardy episode. We have the the uh, clip show, and uh, we had a third one planned. Lists. We're going to yeah, do lists. Yeah. Our, Favorite and least favorite list kind of thing. Yeah, so we're going to try to divide that into three shows between now and Endgame. Hopefully we can get them out before then. So I hope you like MCU stuff because that's all you're going to get for the month of March and April. We've been waiting ten years for this, you know, Endgame. So it's, I think it's well suited. Yeah. It's a good combination. combination. Yeah, good way to wrap it up. Look forward to what's coming. As soon as I said, coming. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, all right, so as Mike said, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel on this episode, which is why uh, one of the main reasons I want to get Sarah and Leslie here to have some representation for female superheroes. It's really we're not as fun. Friends. Yeah, yeah see? Yay. Super friends, superheroes, that's why you're on the show. Because otherwise it's just four white guys talking about 
Captain Marvel, which isn't talking about a white lady. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if you haven't listened to our movie reviews in the past, what we try to do is generally talk about the movie spoiler free at the top of the show. Try to give you an idea how the movie is, presumably before you see it. Uh, there will be a very clear spoiler warning before we get into specifics, and we'll then we'll dive into all the all the spoilery goodness. So I figured just to sort of start it off and see if we're on the same page, but I'm sure most of you are. But has everyone caught up on previous MCU movies? I'm looking at you. I didn't know if you've watched them all or not. Hey! Just checking. <laughs> I know you miss a lot of stuff in theater, so I don't know if you've caught them all later or... I, yeah, I believe okay. I am all caught up. Okay. I'm not sure that I missed any... He had nine there, months or so to catch up on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Time. It's, I, I did just recently already. watch that one. So. Okay. All right, yeah, that was to be the last one after Infinity War between the, that one and this one. So, Which okay. one? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Huh? That, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, everybody else is, right? Everybody's good? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. Um, so the only thing, one of the main questions I was going to ask, because Josh had mentioned he had a someone at work that had just, this was their first MCU experience was seeing Captain Marvel. So then that got me thinking, do you think there's any required viewings for Captain Marvel before this, or can you go into Captain Marvel as the first one and be fine? So, yeah, I told her that at first. Um, they're like, hey, just in case you're, you find that they might be making references that you're not getting, like aside from the actual material, if it seems like there is like a callback or an in-joke related to some other storyline even, you know, don't worry. There's a lot of other things tied to this. And, um, actually, and she actually got to see it before I did. Um, but I think after I did, I, I honestly think you could go in cold. I think there's a lot that this helps give connective tissue to, yeah. but you don't need a ton of background from the other 20 movies. Like you're not going to be lost. You're not going to be like, who's is it? There, there's certain significance to seeing characters appear from the past and, and whatnot. But in terms of storyline, there's, there's like, really not. I, I feel like I want to come back to this after we get past spoilers. Okay. Because I feel like I can make an argument that maybe you do need to see at least a couple others, but not without spoiling some things and mm -hmm. explaining why. So I will table that for okay. later. Well, I'll, I'll say at the very least, she didn't, like, when she came in the next day, she didn't seem. Like, well, that story didn't make sense. I was lost. What did that mean? Et right. cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so at least that was her experience. I think that knowing the references and knowing, the, like, the the things that you see in the movie from past movies, I think that just enriched our experience. I don't think it's necessarily something that, um, that somebody that's coming to this as their first Marvel movie needs to, or really would need. If that makes sense. Andy, I feel think? like it could be a a standalone movie for sure. I mean, like she said, it mm -hmm. definitely you know helps to know <laughs> a yeah. lot of the references, but you don't need to know them. Yeah, because I felt like the more I thought about it, it was like being just timeline wise taking place in the '90s. It already sets itself apart from mostly every other MCU movie out there, and kind of takes place in its own little pocket. So yeah, I think I think you probably could see it and be your first one. I don't know, Sarah. No, I agree. I think this could be your first one, and you might not get as much out of it, but I think the general storyline, and you'd still be happy. Yeah, 
I wonder if any part of that was deliberate or not, that it is the first fully female-led character in the front of the movie, and if they potentially anticipated bringing in some new crowd in the 21st chapter you should tread lightly and be careful about new viewers being completely lost yeah i think that's a yeah that's a good way to think about it they expect people to come to this as their first movie potentially i i would say that maybe it just happened that way i don't necessarily think it was intent because i'd say there's a feige thought about this this is all part of the plan there's, there's other marvel films that you could go into blind mm-hmm. yeah and be just yeah. fine like the first guardians you need no context whatsoever to enjoy that movie it doesn't even reference itself back to the rest of the mcu in that movie um i think everyone they're trying to attract a different crowd for i think guardians had a specific crowd it was aimed for black panther had a specific crowd it was aimed for captain marvel had a specific crowd it was aimed for each one i think you could go into clean and be fine in in some cases, yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I guess Black Panther did explain what happened in Civil War well enough at the start of it, right? To which they don't even reference much more during the course of the movie anyway, so it doesn't really matter, right? What I'm saying, like just understanding like the previous events that led to him in that <laughs> scenario, but we're not here to talk about that. But in general, I was saying just I think there's other movies. Maybe it just happens to be that some of these origin story movies only have that little bit of connective tissue. To the overall story, I think that's just kind of how they go. It could be, yeah. Um, because, you know, you want to focus on that character. And I, I, I don't think that's because she's a woman they did it that way. I think it just happened that way. I mean, Marvel's proved they can do an origin story. So this is just more for the formula that they've established since Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. right. And that's what I mean. Is it, it fits that formula. And, and thing- that formula happens to be on its own fairly well in most cases yeah and i I don't know if this is like jumping ahead or or anything but i was pleasantly surprised that this was not a boring origin story like we're used to seeing it 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 kind of broke the formula in my opinion a bit well define boring origin story compared to this one um you start with the character as is you show a few events of their life you get to the catalyst event that gives them either their motivation and or powers or abilities at some point maybe during that time the antagonist is introduced and the conflict is presented and then slowly they have to come to realize their strengths and face the villain See, I feel like that what, like you just, awesome movie. what you described, I feel like, is Captain Marvel. I'll check the lot of those boxes. But not as in the direct... It's not that it didn't check the boxes. It's that it didn't just rely on going chronologically. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. It, and it wasn't... I, I also appreciated that it didn't just rely on, <coughs> um, you know, like 20-minute flashback segments at a time yeah. to give you the exposition. Um, it interwove sort of a, a mental mystery to yeah. answer the questions while giving you the exposition you needed. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Um, all right. So why don't we just talk generally what you thought about the movie? Any volunteers? Or are we just going to go around in a circle? Do a circle. 
Or, or, or go ahead first. <laughs> we can start the circle wherever. Whoever talks first, start the circle. Don't point at me. I thought you had something to say. That's why I was pointing <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> That's a good general thought of the movie. It's going on the poster. <laughs> I liked it. Leslie. Yeah, Leslie's review. Two thumbs up. Do you want to elaborate any more... Generally about that, that's going. That's Sarah's quote for the poster. <laughs> what did we say earlier? As far as like, oh, our, we developed we developed a rating scale. Okay. And this one was a uh, this one was a Spice Girls platform boot kick to the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we decided. Yeah. I want to know your other ratings in that scale. <laughs> I was, was going to say girl power. So, so does that like equate to a seven or is that? Oh like no, a that's three? that's a ten. Have you ever had oh, see, a Spice Girls <laughs> platform kick to the nuts? I mean, no, but I, w- I was <laughs> sure we could erase that for you, Mike, I so that I could see what else you guys could come <laughs> up every, with. Every other female, <laughs> though, when we said that, that is our age, automatically oh. knows what level that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> it felt good. They're they're woman explaining things. To us. <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> All right, it's about, it's about time. Go ahead. Due process. Put, yeah. put, so put where us in our place. Like a Go Britney for it. Fembot thing fall because that's the only no. no that, that's no. not like a one. She's like a zero. Oh well, that's why I was wondering. Like where where are, that's the only other thing I could come up with off the top of my head. But yeah, a man would come up with a fembot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why it's a one? Because that's what a man would think of. <laughs> <laughs> it actually came to my head because you were talking about the stupid Britney Spears microphone earlier. That's true. <laughs> I, did, I was talking about it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else from you or else we'll... I don't know how to, to say things without spoiling stuff. Like, I have specific opinions okay. about certain yeah. things and I'm like... Yeah, we're, ha- it, we're fairly hamstrung for the start yeah. of the discussion, but we so, want yeah. people that just want to feel. Yeah. You know, on... So, I really liked it and... Um, it just felt like a good superhero movie. It was to me. It didn't feel like a good female superhero story. Like it just felt like, you know, she was who she was, and it wasn't. You know, it didn't matter that she was a woman. Does that make sense to anybody? Were you? I want to say, were you disappointed that it didn't have more of that push, no. or is is no. that is that more is, of what it's supposed to be? That's what it's supposed to be. There that's what the representation is supposed that, to yeah. show. It wasn't like a she's a. She's kick ass for a girl. <laughs> like, wow, we're shocked. Wow, this girl's awesome. <laughs> no, it was just like she is, <laughs> and that's what that's what I appreciate about it. Because I mean, we felt good after Wonder Woman, which I know is not part of this, but you know, that was our first female like superhero mm-hmm. movie yeah. we could have. You felt good, but like during that whole movie, you were still getting like a, oh my gosh, this girl, she's really doing great things. Holy crap, it's a woman. Oh my god. <laughs> this one, it just was. Do you think, though, because this is the second one, they they had more freedom in the sense of that maybe that mindset wasn't automatically there because it wasn't the first one, Possibly. even though it's first one in MCU, but not the first one. Like Wonder Woman yeah. kind of opened the door. I think, too, stuff. like the, the timing of the movie, the actual like well, era that it's set into kind of made a play to part in it. They also released it on International Women's Day, which was... I know, that was, that was also a good amazing. Point. That was smart move. <laughs> that was really great. I would argue that for Wonder Woman at least it feels that way because of the universe she exists in yeah where you're in this universe with Superman with mm-hmm. Green Lantern with you know all, all these incredibly overpowered characters and you add one that's a woman and it's just like well okay that yeah. she she's there but 
how is she comparing power wise to what's around her whereas captain marvel you put her into a universe where she is the most powerful superhero you've experienced in the marvel universe and then that's actually a big difference as opposed to wonder woman coming in somewhere in the middle of the pack and not you know just in how they're presented yeah I and think then, part of it too was Wonder Woman was set, even the time period it's set in. They sure. they almost had to address there was going to be that she's a woman, no matter what you did, just because of the time. Yeah, not saying that the 90s had it too, but it, it's a very different. Yeah. Well, the the, the eighty years between yeah. <laughs> the setting makes a difference. Um, well, then the, like also Wonder Woman, like the specific context too. She's yeah. thrown in the middle of World War One when women weren't allowed to be soldiers mm-hmm. vote. In, in armies in the yeah. u.s vote <laughs> yeah um, so. they weren't allowed to be fighter pilots they so yeah she's going to be the fish out of water for multiple reasons mm-hmm. right and she's going to be this the, the standout so yeah maybe it was maybe it was impossible to ignore that contrast entirely right well yeah and you know the things were far from perfect for women in the 90s but they were really far from perfect for women in the oh, teens yeah. So, but I think it was it was just nice to see a movie where it wasn't like you didn't have to explain to everyone that you know she's powerful and yeah she's a woman too like mm. it wasn't a theme it didn't feel like a theme throughout I didn't feel like it was mentioned constantly to where you right. know mm-hmm. yeah there wasn't this shock <laughs> she just was powerful and that's yeah and the lack of there was only that one moment toward and I don't think it's much of a spoiler it's just a comment on a thing that happens. There in in one of the like first kind of flashbacky trips that she has that they show, um, the one other like douchey fighter pilot oh, yeah. on her team making the cockpit joke, like yeah. that was really well, the only moment you uh, even got like a real straight sort of gender comparison like put out on the table. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like they made a few choices to not contextually in the story make things about her being a woman. As opposed to they address things in their own way, which we'll talk about later without spoiling anything now, um, that go much better. It goes over a lot better, in my opinion, that way than having it be like, Leslie said, like she's powerful for a girl. Instead of doing it that way, I think the way that they put the girl power into it is much better than making a point of that. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you've been chiming in, but generally, what do you like it, didn't like it? Um, I have issues with, with some of it, but for the most part, I enjoyed the experience. I thought the movie was a lot of fun. Um some of the issues I have are more personal not really like I I think the plot's fine Um, the soundtrack with everything you have to work from in the 90s I felt really let down by Um, just because there's just so much to work with and I feel like it didn't suit my taste I'm with you on that I think it was I, I feel like they tried to make a soundtrack that feels like watching Guardians but the 90s and they failed. And whenever they play a song, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that song. It doesn't have the impact like I felt Guardians did with song selection. Except for one. 
I actually read an article that said they purposefully didn't base it on Guardians. Oh, really? Yes. So they're supposed to be just like, hey, it's, remember it's this 90s song? It's not supposed to be because th- from what I remember, Guardians, Gunn like, did it with certain songs in mind for scenes. Oh, yeah. They didn't build the movie that way. They didn't build Marvel that, Captain Marvel that way. So they weren't necessarily building a scene around a song. And they weren't mining songs that people hadn't thought about in so long. Okay. I think, too. But you also just think of decades. Yeah. Most people, I think, that would be our age or the quote unquote, maybe like typical MCU, what they're appealing for, probably know the 90s better than the music that's coming out of the 70s. Right, especially right. the ones that they chose. Yeah. So I think it was a different reasoning behind they weren't they weren't trying to make that compilation and have everything meld completely yeah okay well that's fair i can agree with that but at the same time i would say maybe maybe and maybe this is again a personal thing but i look at this next to a movie like ready player one that focuses more on the 80s and like this entire time watching the movie instead of feeling like man the 90s were cool it was kind of like God, the 90s sucked. <laughs> but, but also, in, wasn't it? It's set in 95, so you only have half of the decade to work with. True. Yeah, if they're trying to Looking make... at the back end of the 90s, I, I'm kind of happy they steered away from that. And this is coming from the 90s guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, and that's the thing. I think there's part of it where, I too, mean, like, Ready Player One had, you could pull from anything out of there where the, they, oh, they yeah. were more confined by what they, they... They were. I just, I don't know, like, it... it, it Again, I is mentioning a specific song. Spoiler. I don't think so. Okay, so "Come as You Are" plays in in this Marvel, and it felt completely out of context for the scene it was in, for the tone of the song to the tone of the scene. See, I completely disagree. The words in the song fit the scene, but the tone of the song and the way it was like intended originally. I'm with Mike on this. It, it, it doesn't fit that scene. It like, was not meant to They used that same song to promote the Defenders, Defenders which worked really that. well for that tone. It was kind of a rearrangement a little bit. Okay. It, it comes so, as you are is a very dark, a very... It, it's not a happy song. No. And they put it in a like almost like a coming-of-age moment that it, it didn't... It felt like the wrong... Like, I love the song. I love the scene. I just didn't love the combining of the two. Okay. Maybe part of it was that be- because they wanted to grab some more recognizable, iconic songs from the decade. That, um, so like for context, I have a coworker who is 24 years old. Literally earlier this week, uh, like before the release of the movie, just coincidentally, uh, we brought up Gwen Stefani and and No Doubt for some reason. I don't remember why. She only knows the name Gwen Stefani because of the connection to Blake Shelton. She doesn't even know her, know her as a solo artist, That's and has There's no so many teenagers that have no idea. No doubt, have exists. no idea who No Doubt is. Never no heard the name. That's B A N A. So I, I I can almost appreciate maybe a little then bit how of the does film. She have fans. If they no don't doubt. know her from No Doubt, if she hadn't been in No Doubt, she was and on the done, Voice. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she been on the host. Oh no, no, I know that. And then she did I'm saying, solo but, work yeah. that like maybe people who are a little bit older than my coworker would have grabbed her from. But like, point oh, being, I think maybe the oh. filmmakers looked for like, look, this is the f- one chance we might get to make a '90s centric 
set movie, especially in this whole fabric universe. Um, let's throw a couple. I mean, they could, thank God. As much as I love it, I'm glad if they're going to go with Nirvana. I'm glad they didn't use Teen Spirit. Oh, I'm no, glad no. there's a couple songs that they didn't choose to use just for the iconography of it. But I, I think because they maybe weren't approaching it with more of an organic fabric in mind, it did maybe seem that the juxtaposition of the two was like, oh, look, here's one opportunity out of like the four or five we're going to use throughout the movie where we can put something in. And it, it just, yeah, it just didn't maybe seem to mesh as well. I know what you mean by it. Like, it almost looked like they shot the scene and then tried to pick a song to put in it. Because there's a part in it where, like, the movement and stuff of the one character. I'm like, that, what? <laughs> well, it and, fit, it, I understand and what you're I, saying. I, it just, <laughs> there's much, I think, better songs they could have chose in that specific instance. Like, where they used No Doubt, I thought that was awesome. That was well used. It was perfect for what they used it for. And that was actually, like, the one time in the movie I thought, like, holy crap, they nailed it for that idea with with the soundtrack. And a lot of the other times, it the songs felt out of place for where they were. And maybe Come As You Are goes better in a different scene. Maybe a different song for that scene goes better. Um, maybe the person who chose the song just chose the lyrics and didn't understand the tone of the song i don't know yeah. i'd have to research more into who made those decisions i but don't have that, i actually but. agree with brian if this is where you were going with it that that sort of reorchestrated version that rearranged version that they'd used to promote the defenders yeah well, at, look this up. at that slower this. tempo with a little bit of the guitar pulled back um as much as as much as that riff drives that song there was something about how they reapproached that song for the defenders that if they were going to use it, if they were like set on using it for, you know, lyric reasons or, or theme reasons, that arrangement might've actually worked better for the pacing of that scene than the original. When did that arrangement come out though? Uh, like two years ago when they were, yeah, they wouldn't like, be able to they... use it for a 95 movie. Uh, if you're going to get really anachronistic about it, Sure. That was the only version of that song for its time. Maybe some what some off trend covers or something. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, it was like they like someone did a different arrangement on the original, so it's still like Kurt's vocals. It's not a cover version or anything. Um, and I don't know if they were going to get in the weeds that much about See, it. I think that's the, a fair point. I don't think the arrangement's the problem. I think it's the tone of that song for that scene works for Defenders. Like okay. they're they're the gritty, grungy type of tone for that show which mm-hmm. the grungy music doesn't fit the tone of Captain Marvel's movie okay I, I, I think I, it's I, a lot more fun and poppy like if they use 90s nail shirt throughout the whole movie and yeah. I don't hear Trent one time in the movie and it kind of like I don't know me. why they like, went oh they're gonna do that but it's Disney and I'm like it's Disney I, d- I don't know why they went 90s rock and grunge I feel like 90s pop would have fit the tone of Captain Marvel better um, what kind of? I think the I think the time. I don't know. Time but space up to ninety five. You're talking you, grunge you was pop. I yeah, think you don't have. That's I think from the nineties. If you you either go like that would be late. Pop, yeah, like late eighties, early nineties, hip hop, colorful, fresh Prince style. And or, gran- yeah, or see, grunge. So I'm not thinking God. it through enough to be able to be like, yeah, okay, There's that really, would work. That would work. But I, I don't know. There's Michael Jackson was still making songs and still was the king of pop, but it wasn't right. 
it wasn't the the culture of the time uh, yeah i think when if if someone someone had to quickly pull out what he was making was a early 90s he had started wading into more some some of his socially conscious yeah that's true yes i think just for for a a fashion vibe or if you if you tell somebody tell me what the 60s looked like tie-dye and hippies it's gonna be one of the first things that comes to people's mind tell me about the 90s yeah grunge yeah it came from the 90s it's going to be one of the first three culturally or or fashion wise what were the what were the things that could represent it that's going to be so I don't know what else they would have pulled from. Yeah, and I don't have an alternative suggestion to be like, use this instead. Even in the end, she's wearing a shirt. She's wearing a heart shirt. I don't remember hearing heart. They did it in the flashbacks. There was was, a heart song? There was a heart song. I can't remember it right now. Maybe when she was... Jukebox hit. It it was... um, In the bar? It's off the Dreamboat Annie album, because I have it. (laughs) It'll come back to me. It's in one of her childhood. It shows... It's part of the flashback when they show her younger, because that would have been... Heart, they, I mean, they had 80 success, but they were back in the 70s as well. So mm-hmm. when she was little, she would have started with the Dreamboat Annie and gone into the 80s. And so there is one in I, Magic Man. There we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just had to talk it out to get it out of my brain. Other <laughs> <laughs> things. Andy's been eerily quiet. I want to get him in here. <laughs> Soundtracking. What do you think of the soundtracks? Uh, I don't think it stood out to me, but I also don't think it warped my perception of anything like i wasn't like oh oh no uh, oh it just irks me that they move they use that song in that instance it it didn't didn't pull you out of it or anything it it didn't pull me out of anything i thought it 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 did a good job of you know keeping that time frame in mind and then you know all those songs i didn't really have a lot of you know personal like oh my god this song you know is, is great but you know i was like oh man that that seemed to fit and that seemed to fit it didn't it didn't necessarily pop like like Guardians of the Galaxy, but that was yeah. like she said, made to be like that. Like, but it, I, I, I felt it, you know, chugged right along and didn't stick out. Okay, didn't detract. Do you also think it also could have been even even though they weren't pushing gender as much, like you said, Leslie, where it wasn't like she's strong for a girl, but thinking about her age and how she would have grown up and how. Just I'm thinking about my musical progression from the time I was a kid into a teenager into a young woman where she you could cross over into so I don't, do, you, do you think that has any of like where, the way you're thinking of it is there a gendered look at it even un, uh, like unconsciously uh, maybe of how like what she would have maybe been listening to versus what as a teenage girl into a young woman as to what a teenage boy would have listened like there was crossover yeah, but in how you view those songs too. I don't know. The, I, I think the only ones they used though would have been crossover songs, like the the ones that were like. Were you a huge TLC fan? <laughs> Actually, at the time I was into that song, I was. They did play Waterfalls, and I'd yeah. see one fucking waterfall. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Which either. also would have been. So I'm just bad. thinking, like when I when I was growing up, there were no boys that I knew that liked that song. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I had no problem. I was 11 years old when that song came out, or so. So I, mean, I, most I mean, were either indifferent. Yeah, I was gonna say, or, I, yeah. but I'd say like the crossover things I'm referring to, like Hole was there, Garbage was there. Oh, I yeah. love um, the Garbage. That was song. a good use garbage. of garbage. Yeah, although Hole was the say. only anachronistic one, correct? But that was at the end. As far yeah. as I can tell, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which yeah. which Garbage song was it? 
Uh, Only happy when it rains. rains. Oh yeah, that is a very good one. Yeah, it, really but, but those were that. there. But I, I, I think they, I, I'd argue Waterfalls was a crossover. That was that was pure pop culture. 100%. I'm not saying it wasn't Everybody pop culture. Everybody knows that song and still bobs their head a little bit. Everybody knows it. I'm just saying, like the the feeling you attach to it might be different coming from <laughs> the shoulder thing. That's what they do in the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, Waterfalls was about disease. I mean, it was. Everybody loves disease. <laughs> I don't feel like Waterfalls means It's very apropos for the last couple of weeks, Mike. It's, Have you about, been following it's the all news? about like the whole AIDS culture at the time. It was right. like, it was more about that than It's also else. like TLC was one of the only fe- entirely I'm, female with a female rapper hip hop into R and B. Like absolutely. I'm just looking at it from a music history perspective. <laughs> I no no I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that song transcends it. Yeah. The, the rest of TLC maybe doesn't, but that song I would say transcends that, and I'd, I'd say the same thing about Hole and Garbage and everything that they did use. Even I'm just a girl when they use that. That was. I'm not saying it doesn't transcend at all. I'm just saying if you look at it from a fem- like a different gender perspective, that was our jam. <laughs> and I think it can mean something differently to a girl than to a guy, even if it's a crossover pop hit. Just like a lot of crossover hits. Sure. People from different cultures view it differently. People from different races well, view it differently. Right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying okay. guys couldn't like it. I'm just saying I think maybe women might attach a certain, maybe not even lyrically, but just a certain meaning to the popularity of that song, the popularity of the group, what they achieved, what they were standing for. Okay. I just, I am remembering these songs as we're talking about them. So apparently, like, <laughs> they didn't stick in my memory from seeing the movie. I remember being excited when they came on, like, yeah. But they had Desiree in there too, and that made me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Did anyone? So there are some more '90s pop in there than I thought, and just not There's, rock and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. There's like I'm few. forgetting a lot of it. So yeah. But the other, I think the up. other thing when you think of well, pop music, the term itself is problematic because po- it's popular. So what we think of pop music today is is different. Like the term pop has evolved. So. And if, so if you were thinking like pop, I think a lot of times we think like boy band. Right, right. That yeah, kind of yeah. thing. But, and like, yeah, I don't, but I think if they would have thrown like New Kids on the Block, early 90s New Kids yeah, on the Block Yeah, because I don't think, there, I don't know if that would fit n- either. By 95, they weren't in there. It would not. But, but they, neither was, I'm just a girl though. That was that. That was post ninety five. No, that was ninety five. I, I so I was really trying Project to Kingdom. really <laughs> nail some things down after seeing this. So I, I actually looked like up was both. So the, of, of a few things specifically referenced in the movie. Um, there were album posters up by the phone, the the payphone she was using yeah. for Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and Infinite Sadness. Uh, they played just just a girl from Tragic Kingdom. Um, the mo- the the, the Stanley cameo in the movie is well, in reference to a movie that was released in it. So. All three of those, at least, were all specifically released in either September or October of 1995. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good work. So just on that. just about everything, and like I said, the only like clo- the closing credit song "Hole" was technically it was 1998, but everything before that was at least very centered wow. 95 or at least earlier. But actually, the, the one last thing I'll say about the the music is it just occurred to me, it actually doesn't make sense that come as you are would play in the particular scene that it does for her because she's not on earth when that 
was around. She's not aware of that. And it's and, and the difference is it's not that it was a choice to put that music over the the, the movie. That's actually it true. is in her subconscious in that conversation that that music is being put on. She doesn't know what that is. That's- that's a really good that's point. a good point she and left, I, because they have she left the earth in the gap yeah so it makes you that think album, that that music is playing it's not album, just an yeah, overdub of was music 91 i think the single was 92 hearing. well here's this is what's kind of helping me get over the whole soundtrack choices I thing i don't think it fits the tone of the movie but if something sarah said where it's it would be like her personality like that's her music choice not the t- the tone of the movie or the the sign of the times that would be Carol Danvers' music choice for that era. So if it's just her in that era, that's what she may, whether she listened to it or not, that's just what her character likes, the style of music. So that's why those songs are sure. picked through the movie. Sure. So whether or not it was out when she heard it or not, that's my explanation. They, they still could have like, oh, right, thrown right, right. back to Pearl like, Jam for something pre 89. Right. And like I said, it, it was only, that was, that's the only scene in which deliberate subconscious a subconscious choice of her own character was made as opposed to music being played over a loudspeaker at a strip mall or, or just laid over the soundtrack. And and, and are we supposed to assume that like, no, I I feel like I'd spoiled, so I'm not gonna, I was (laughs) save it. Yeah. I was going to try and word it without spoiling. And then I just was like, We've talked like 20 minutes about a soundtrack already. Yeah. We haven't really even talked about the movie. Hey, the music point. history major is really excited <laughs> about that. Well, Sarah, I want to get back to you. popular music. So since we've sort of been going around, just general thoughts of the movie. I'm I should... really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I kind of had the same, a similar feeling to Wonder Woman of just, just this kind of euphoric empowerment feel, just overall general feeling afterward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I was I was very pleased with it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I I did enjoy it as well. I think, I mean, we touched on some of the soundtrack stuff that kind of bugged me a little bit. There there was a song choice in particular which we can get into in the in the spoiler stuff. Um, that for me felt a little a little heavy handed, and I think we've mentioned the song choice already. But to just me personal opinion didn't sit as well with me. Um, there are some timeliney things that I think we can get into for spoilers that I want to go over, and maybe someone can convince me how that works. Um, all the surprises that I want to touch on are all spoilery, so we'll save those. Uh, but yeah, I did enjoy it. Andy? Uh, I also thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was an exciting movie. I really liked how uh, chronologically, like I, I believe it was Josh mentioned, that it, it sort of sparses the the past-future current thing very well and i thought that played well to how the movie sort of ran as you watched it and i i you know i had a smile on my face when i left that and i was like that was fun you know i might actually see this again mm-hmm. you're gonna see a movie twice in the theater I, I, well he didn't hey, say I'm the just jazz i saw <laughs> he <just> said <laughs> watch it again i saw two movies this month man <laughs> that was your new year's resolution wasn't it yeah. Or it should be. <laughs> he said he just said two like movies two this month, ago. and it's only March ninth. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. Keep that trend going. You all should be too. <laughs> I am very impressed. Josh, I just noticed the shirt you're wearing. Is that deliberate? Quasi. <laughs> He's wearing a Smashing Pumpkins shirt. Uh, Josh, general thoughts? Yeah, very positive. Um, again, I, I did the point Andy just made again. Like, I did appreciate the different approach to the storytelling. There's something about non-linear 
narratives that are a good way to, I think, keep the audience interested, shake things up. And, and, and in this case, it was effective, too. Um, like, I think one of the best examples I've seen of the use of that in a long, long time is actually Deadpool. Deadpool goes back and forth so many times yeah. where you almost, to like the extent that you almost forget you're in a flashback that, oh yeah, the rest of this movie is like six months from the point I'm looking at now, but I've been watching this part for like 10 minutes. First, like two thirds of that movie technically takes place on a freeway. Yeah. A bridge. Yeah. yeah. So like looking at all that, it, um, it, it, it but, but it, it, it's, I probably, I would imagine a more challenging way to write and to keep everything focused and to make sure that you're not overusing it and it, it's being applied effectively and correctly. So just the approach to the, to the storytelling um, I was happy about um, the effects were great. As always, there were some character and role surprises that came out of left field that I didn't see coming. I think that was just based off, assumptions I made about casting um, but I appreciated being surprised again um, and this was again you know, this me I hadn't seen one freaking thing about this yeah, movie I was going to bring that up didn't know one image had no impression of anything and um, no it, it was it was a good time cool beans and the one thing I will add to, to the, the timeline the chronological thing is I hate it when movies tease something and then never explain it down the road and I think the things that Captain Marvel teased in the beginning with like her little like what are these little memories that I you know sorry that was sort of spoilery but they all came to fruition and they all got plucked from the tree yeah. you know like you, you felt you know like hey yeah I learned that yeah so <laughs> yeah, like nothing nothing was wasted right there was nothing superfluous just for the sake of using yeah that I didn't, theatrical technique yeah I, I didn't leave the theater going but what about that thing that they showed <laughs> us and then they never told us mm-hmm. so. like well we bring it up all the time but the circle um, <laughs> oh <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, but that that you saying it that way about um, keeping yourself in the dark reminds me that if there is at some point then something I'm gonna have to talk about that you're gonna have to leave the room. For is it, is it really in relation to, to, to yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. I don't know if I want to know. Do I know this? You oh. sent me the trailer that I <laughs> okay. All right. From. I don't know if you're going above and beyond some of the stuff that I've no no. We've no. Seen. You sent me the trailer. I, wa- I that's the only trailer I have watched. Okay. I told you then that was all I was gonna watch, and. That, that that's all I have watched. Okay, all um, right. But there is something in a, a previous assumption that I had about said trailer that has now been proven wrong. Yeah. That I will have to discuss because now it's down to one other possibility. Were, were okay. we just talking before the show started about your uh, calling yourself a prophet earlier? That was about one thing in particular. (laughs) That's just what I wrote as a note when I was listening to something. Yeah, that's spoilers for a future episode about my prophetic tendencies. Mike, speaking of spoilers, it's time to get into the spoiler part of this podcast. So if you haven't seen Captain Marvel and don't want any spoilers, pause this now. Come back to the podcast after you've seen the movie. At this point, I'm going to assume you've seen other MCU movies because we'll extend that spoiler for anything else we feel like we want to cover and talk about. 
Uh, last chance for spoiler warning for Captain Marvel and all other MCU movies. Wee wee spoiler. Wee wee spoiler. You know something like that. All right, we're in the spoiler zone. Who wants to start with anything spoilerific? I will. Okay. Hit us off. All right, you did not need Ronan in this movie at all. No, not at all. I don't know why. Okay, so so I I will almost like immediately argue against myself is that since this movie is set so far in advance of the other stories, if they will have a direct sequel to this somewhere else in the timeline between this and yes. Guardians One something else could occur but i still don't feel that you even needed to establish ronin specifically as being present you already know he's part of the kree yeah if you wanted to pull him in in a later chapter um i i was it didn't matter that he was there or not even the scenes he was in were inconsequential i i have two major thoughts about ronin okay in this case first you're right he absolutely doesn't need to be there there's no reason for it whatsoever um and I feel like it's one of the major problems I have with the film. And I'll get into that in a second. But first, I'm just going to fanboy on they finally put him in fucking green. Thank God. Um, Who, Ronan? Yes, Ronan. Okay. Ronan never wore black. Ronan, he had a ridiculous green getup in the comics that... Was his outfit green in the I movie? don't realize it being I green. Didn't realize it was if, green. It, if it was, it was like a forest green. If he green, would have yeah, stood like, in the very, light. Very dark hunter green or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he would have stood in the light, it would have popped out as green. Okay. He was in the shade most of the time you've seen him in this movie, but it was very different from the dark garb that they have him in in Guardians of the Galaxy, which he. So this is what they did that. I'm, I'm very happy they put him in green, but they did not give him his face paint. Which made him look like a fucking idiot. Which I thought about that, because I was like, wait, is that Lee Pace? I can't tell, because I wasn't used to having less makeup from what we know in Guardians. But then you think about it, and they put that paint on him at the beginning of Guardians. So that's why it's not there. They did. I don't know of any panel in any comic that Ronan is displayed without it. I would have to look for it specifically to try and find Maybe he's it. not like the main accuser like he is in Guardians yet. Like I feel I felt like They're the face paint distinction. Yeah, the, like he was between in now and what he'll become. Right, but in the in the Guardians you're led to believe he's leading this whatever rogue group of Kree or whatever the hell. So that's him like ascending to the leadership role well, of whatever I, this group I, I, is. I feel like where yeah, he's so at in Guardians is... is like post her taking down the mind or whatever it was called. Yeah, probably. I feel like, and that's maybe what splinters the Kree into two groups, those that follow Ronan and those that don't. Um, which would be an interesting sequel to this, but I feel like if it is the sequel to this, it'll fall into the same trap that this movie fell into. Which is, in this specific instance, Ronan was the biggest threat in the film. Um Yes, that she never like never has to deal with. Who's the villain in this film? Because it's more of a conflict as opposed to an adversary. Well, there, there's know? nobody in the film that could stand up to her. Right, not even close. Um, once she was never actually in danger. Um, it, it, especially I think for people that have read any Captain Marvel comics, and you understand the omega level powers that she possesses it's the, it's the superman problem right and that, it's one mm. of the reasons i never got into superman is because 
he's Superman. It's he's gonna like there's not there's no vulnerability whatsoever. It's why Batman's so much better in my opinion. Um, but I, I get that some people like that. I but I felt like uh, Jude Law's character, whose name is like I honestly don't remember. Okay, it, it's a weird yawn wrong. I would have believed you. I did not know. That's actually really close. close. Yeah, that, that's very close. So we'll call him Yon Rog until Josh looks it up and tells me what it actually is. Um, I thought you just found a way to say you're wrong very it's differently. And... It is Yon Rog. Y-O-N. <laughs> okay. R-O-G-G. So Yon Rog, um, he could never stand up to her. He couldn't stand up to her using her powers before. The only reason he could is because he had some kind of, like, capacitor on her powers. Suppression. Was, yeah. yeah, suppressing her down. So, and even then, he if she decided to put him down, she probably could because he wouldn't have time to press the button. Um, and I felt like that was one of the big problems I had with the movie was, okay, we have Ronan. Ronan might be able to stand up to her. That's what I was waiting for in the third act is I yeah. thought once – Jude Law realizes that she has come to know her past and and what they did to her and and everything that then Ronan has to step up to the plate and he would basically be the big bad right and yeah that didn't happen right I guess that wouldn't be as fun too because you know he survives true but survives is different than loses yeah like they, they like I don't think she would have to kill him necessarily yeah, if okay. were to, to stop, fight to stop his plot in the same way that she stopped Jude Law's plot right but yeah Ronan might have seemed a more formidable challenge right and she just kind of stares him down and he's like nope <laughs> which don't get me wrong I if I was him that's what I would have done in that scenario too she just blew up the ship without my input <laughs> I probably can't win this fight I'm gonna run yeah, we'll, we'll come back for her but later. when they're making the <laughs> story, they could have put somebody there who wouldn't run. Somebody who may still would have lost because, it, I mean, it's a movie. The Super, when's the last time they lost? Infinity but, War. Did they? <laughs> we don't know yet. It seems pretty apparent that a lot of people lost. <laughs> but this doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like the point of her movie, though, was for her to beat a bad guy. It was just, the point of this was to figure out who she was. I agree, you know but... It, and then beat a bad guy. And then she can beat up somebody. <laughs> and now well, she's like, okay. If, and that's what I I, I, how I many bad now. guys can I beat up now? <laughs> that's what I found so all, stark y'all. is that that was her journey. So why... Like, you don't... You didn't... They said you didn't need him there at all because to me then you... you if he's something. going to run away, he's pointless. Yeah. Was there any reason they needed to explain more of his backstory because of the whole thing where who you think is good there's that flip and because when i first saw him i picked him out immediately from just when i heard the accusers at the beginning i was like hold on a minute yeah so before the whole big reveal i was thinking okay so are we going to figure out if he originally was on the side of good like what is there something that will then give me more about his backstory to how he turns how he is in guardians but then with the whole flip, I was like, okay, so he's always... Well, that was a conversation we had after the movie, was that I I was trying to figure out if it was the entire race of Kree that they represent, or just a small part of the Kree that they represent. Because we know, like you said, we know Ronan's bad from Guardians. 
So the second Jude Law talks to Ronan, you're like, oh, okay, he's part of that splinter cell. Or are they representing all of Kree trying to go after the Skrulls? That's where I was still... I almost feel like it's supposed to be all... Well, at least the way that they set her on the pl- on the the in the city and right. everything, and that, that they're not, you know, some fraction... She's and the fact that they are worshipping the Supreme Intelligence, and the Supreme Intelligence seems to be supporting what Ronan and Jude Law are doing, yeah. that leads me to believe it's the entire Kree race. And we talked after the movie, as I thought that was flipped, because I thought we were supposed to be rooting for the Kree against the Skrulls, which I had to look up, and I sent these two guys on Friday. The Marvel Wiki says that the Kree were a race of peaceful beings that were then in, like enslaved by the Kree, and then they decided to fight back, and that's why the Kree got involved in, in war and stuff like that. So the movie actually represents what the comics originally did, which I did not know. I thought it was a big twist that they flipped the sides. So then it's hard to tell. So then once you get to Ronin and Guardians, then there then there's got to be some other move where the bulk of Kree civilization wants to change. I think what Mike said could be the plot of number the sequel. Right. She goes and, off to beat blow up the intelligence. To say, no, we've been doing this for so long. I'm, so, I'm just going to lead a well, faction on my own still. Right. I, I feel like the, the supreme intelligence is perhaps mind-washing the Kree a bit. And maybe it's not that they're all bad. It's that they... You know, like, it seemed to me, at least in this one, they don't really explain it, but it seemed to me that a lot of them have, like, a daily meetup with the Supreme Intelligence. When, you know, they sit her down, seemingly for no other reason than just for her daily visit to worship the Supreme Intelligence. And if they're all having that, then the Supreme Intelligence is fucking with them and kind of making it, you know... Even making if its own prophecy. Even if they're only, even if supreme intelligence is only influencing the top tier, it's yeah. being trickled down to everybody, right. and they're like, "Well, we're not yeah. the supreme intelligence, but if this is what they're telling us, then yeah." I think the only splinter cell you could say within the Kree would be Marvel herself. She was the only one that kind of splintered off and sort of yeah. right was like, "I am opposed to this war," which every other Kree that we've known has been like. Scroll bad, you know, like. Well, I mean, it also seems like the Kree just pick out anybody who they want to f and hate, because they don't like the scrolls here. By the time they get the Guardians, it's the Zandarians. So there's a, there must be a group of them just hate everybody. Well, I think either that's a very big group or it's the entire race, like we're sort of talking about. Because the more I thought about, it too, I don't remember how far into Agents of Shield you are, but the Kree show up in Agents of Shield. If you've gotten that. I mean, I've, I know a little bit about the Cree research they did to rebuild Coulson, but... Like, you actually start seeing Cree aliens later oh, yeah, on. Get to start so, no, the I fact that they that show up and they're always the villains in that show, it's led me to believe, well, it probably is, like, the entire race, and not just this, what we think is a small group, but there's a shit ton of people there, I think it is the whole thing. Is it also, because the Cree, it seems like the Cree in this movie are not necessarily trying to conquer everything, they just, they have where they are, and they don't... They're they're going after the scrolls, but it doesn't. Yeah. At least it didn't portray it like that. They're going after every other race that's out there trying to dominate. Where in Guardians, it almost seems like Ronan was going around. Like he got Dra- Where was Drax from? I don't remember the planet. But but where he, was he from. went he, he, and he, killed his whole family. So at that point, has Ronan then moved on? And we don't know. Is he representing the entire Kree of? He, they're now trying to expand. 
See, I thought they they made it a point to say in Guardians that Ronan somehow split off from the main I group. Remember, yeah, that's they, what it felt like because after they they basically opened the movie talking about the peace treaty that has right. finally been agreed upon between the Kree overall yeah. civilization okay. and Xandar, which is but what is Ronan didn't agree a, with, and that's why he right. Is he actually a rogue, or is, is he just he... staying where he was, and the rest of the Kree moved? True, well, no, no, to, no, to a more peaceful area. I, well, where no, he's I, like, no, I was no, saying, I'm staying the course. Yeah. Per- perhaps the Kree agreed to a peace treaty and told Ronan, no, keep at it. it. That's possible. You know, like in, you know, hushed tones behind closed Mm -hmm. doors, the truth is they want Ronan doing it so they don't take any method or... Yeah. I feel like the short answer is, I want this answered in Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know more about this race. Maybe there'll be some payoff where you do see the destruction or conquering of Drax's people. Oh, uh, yeah. And maybe yeah. you yeah. get that move of, you know, you get a cameo of Drax years before Guardians takes place. And Given Dave Bautista's current feelings <laughs> towards everything, I Granted. highly doubt that. Granted, but story-wise. Story-wise, it'd be cool. I just don't think they're going to write that in at this point, not knowing yeah. where he's actually going to I don't stand. think he has to be there for that, though. Ronan could conquer the planet well, and kill his family. Well, uh, it, I don't see how I don't see why you wouldn't do it if you're going. Yeah, I mean, they do say Drax killed hundreds of Ronan's forces. I think that would okay, be yeah, something that's fair, that's awesome fair. to watch Drax just CG Dave Batista just run through. <laughs> oh god, I can imagine the lawsuit from that. <laughs> I'm sure he signed over his likeness. They could probably do whatever they want with him. It's the same reason Star Wars people can just they put out their likeness on everything. Did anybody else notice that uh, Ronan actually reported to Jude Law's character? Ooh, I like he actually, I, I didn't calls him Commander. He, he says yes, Commander, in one of those like w- weird hollow, yeah, hall it calls. Or I guess I just assumed and, it was the other way around. Yeah, same here. But he like Jude Law was the one like, okay, Ronan, come here, bomb the shit out of them. You know, he was the mm. one that commanded him mm. to do that, and he said yes, Commander. I, I kind of looked at that, and, and that seemed odd. Like, what is Jude Law's? role in the Kree military you know mm-hmm. and that that somebody as powerful as Ronan is like yes master you know like <laughs> I almost feel like was Jude Law and all of them they were almost like special if we gave like special forces in the U.S. like they if they could then command over anyone else because he they were the elite yes sneaking right. in and Ronan they were kind of like for like we like the and the, the artillery gr- the and grunt, infantry like, coming in for okay. cover. Okay, so maybe he's special forces. But, and then, but yeah, but you know, if it like was where... Regular military, yeah. He could and be like, somehow they gave him... That somehow gave him the command power. They, they do put Ronan at the head of the accusers here, so he is at least with the accusers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's actually where I would put the special forces team is with the accusers. That's what they would be, is that special team that they would call in and... It seems maybe maybe their command system doesn't operate the same way, um, but I feel like I don't know. They, that, that's actually really difficult to decipher because the accusers were never grunts. They were they were never the, the standard infantry. They were an elite unit. Because at least the way they're portrayed here is that they are the the artillery. You never see them going to the planet necessarily and doing the groundwork. They always show them bombing. Hmm. 
Yeah, Google yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's Xandar, because, yeah. Yeah, the Ronin was a prick. Like, <laughs> he didn't care to. If you can't handle this quietly on the ground, then call you in. Yeah, but I mean, like, I or maybe like, I always think of. I don't know. Never mind. Well, they, <laughs> I, I think you're looking at a united Kree force here, where Ronan is going to take the advice or orders of whoever is in the scenario because he actually is working with his own people is opposed to where we see him in Guardians where he's just kind of like fuck the world I'm doing what I want because you know nobody's going to command him at that point and he makes you know I mean like the seems almost like the creed that they talk to are horrified of Ronan just like everybody else is you know like it, it may be something where he says well that's your problem and he closes the thing that guy yeah yeah it also um brings up another point that i wanted to make um is jude law or the kree in general are they working for thanos because they were specifically looking for the tesseract and so was ronan before ronan knew what he had he was actually working for thanos Looking for the power stone. Yeah. yeah, so Jude Law, you know, maybe, like, he wasn't, but maybe the artificial intelligence was like, hey, yeah, we're in cahoots with with Thanos. That's a good one. There, there's a lot of ways they could play that supreme intelligence yeah. going yeah, forward. I, I would also like to say that this is tangential, but a question I've always had is, they never have, at least I missed it, they never answered how Thanos already had the Mind Stone when he gave it to Loki for the staff. And I don't know if anything that they'll ever do, and, and now that Endgame's coming up, I don't know if it'll even matter, but, like, after a chapter, you know, movies after that, will it even matter to ever answer that question? But could that have anything to do with it, or is he, or is he using these other pawns clandestinely to help him find these other things? Right. I, I'm kind of hoping they answer that in the Loki-centric Oh, they could do that. TV well, true. it's not okay, like Loki yeah, yeah. found it. He was just handed a stick with it it's attached to the end of it. Yeah. Right, but, but, like, right, Thanos, but they'll just give like, that reveal. bequeaths it yeah. to him. So, they, what, the end of the series, he gets the staff? Maybe. Could be. Maybe leading up to that. Well, I mean, well, here's the other... Because I don't um, feel like his Loki Pokey stick is going to be part of the series at all. Do we ever handed the staff? Like, use this. In is Avengers, that, yes. Yeah. We opening. see him directly handed it. Not from Thanos, but Thanos' underling gives it to gives Loki. It, to right. it, is, it is the opening shots. Oh. So, just spitballing. Yeah. Is it possible he sends Loki to get it? Loki brings it back and he says, hmm, good dog. Now go get this one. You can use that to go get it. I feel like if Loki knew he had an Infinity Stone, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't... He wouldn't know what he had. That's right. But right, if he maybe, finds maybe, it... He wouldn't even know that the Tesseract was one. Right, but I feel like if he's sent to find something like that, and then I, I feel like he's smart enough to know what he would have if he is the one looking for it. Because didn't I'm trying to remember, like, Thor knew about the Tesseract. Yes, but and he so, didn't, but he, he didn't, didn't know. He didn't know it was yet. an Infinity Stone, but yeah, he knew like more thing. about it than other. And you'd think because it came, he knew about it from his like father, from his upbringing. So if he like Loki would know about the Tesseract, he might not know it's an Infinity Stone and all that. But stuff. But out of the two of them, which one do you think would actually study? 
I never thought Loki's ever so stupid. Thor though. said that he learned Groot taking an elective. So. Yes, <laughs> and he's fifteen hundred <laughs> years old. Fifteen hundred years is a and lot of time to read. If Frigga was teaching him about magic, you'd think powerful stones would be in the there. sports bro personality that you meet with Thor in the first Thor movie does yeah. not lend me to believe no. he would know what the hell he's got. <laughs> Loki, on the other hand, conniving, mischievous, he would know what he had. Okay, yeah. Well, it, it, to make that same argument, Loki has two Infinity Stones at his disposal. At the end of the first Avengers film. Yeah. He uses them to measly and mizzle away an invasion of Earth. Right, exactly. He didn't know what he had. I think he, he knew That's they were powerful. He didn't know... Hunt, hunting... I don't know. It, like, I feel like he'd have more time with them if they send him off to get the Mind Stone somewhere before he gives it back to Thanos. I feel like that would... I don't know. In my mind, he would have a better way to... I don't know where I'm going. I'm totally losing my train of thought now. <laughs> I think we could follow his journey to obtain the scepter or some part of it. Maybe he doesn't actually physically obtain it himself. Maybe he aids said group that does. It's maybe if it's more on the peripheral, I I think I'd be fine with that. Hold on. Is it in Dark World? Where is it where they explain about the beginning of the universe and Odin has that whole conversation and he says he talks about it breaking apart and he talks about I think that, that might be Dark World. Is that Dark World? But that's the thing is they knew about the stones. Does Odin they, give a speech? No, no, that? that's in Guardians. That, but, that's, but that's the collector that gives the, the original Odin speech. Does something with Natalie Portman's character. Yeah, when, when she's she infected goes, with the ether. That's infected, right. He tells story. Thor about all that stuff. Story. I feel like Odin Good tells call. a lot of stories, and I feel like Thor... Well, looking up, looking, well, looking up to Odin like he did, like, yeah. like Odin was, you know, the epitome of life... And Thor, looking up to him as he did, would listen to everything right. Odin would say. And I feel like Odin said a lot, told a lot of stories. <laughs> I'm t- I just can't remember exactly Thor what he either said. did or it's did not, not what the actually says, put but together. It's but he would, in the back of his mind, know, which is why he had to go to the pools he of reflection elves and... to actually. But isn't that like a? He already knew it. He just had to bring it about. I could buy that. It, 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 I'm with you. I got you. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I watched The Dark World, but it, it, isn't that like a... Um, it's been a long time since like anyone a narration watched The Dark World. <laughs> over scenes explaining like in the beginning of the movie where we don't really know who he's talking to? But he does a whole thing with when Natalie Portman specifically, when she's taken to Asgard because of what has happened. I think he's right, yeah. But I'm, there, what does yeah, he... Yeah. But, he, but he says something to her, but that's the thing. My, my point is is that there was knowledge of this in Asgard that I think Loki and Thor would have known. Do they know everything and the absolute power that they have? No. But they knew about the Tesseract before people on Earth did. They knew about the ether and what some things could do. And to be fair, Odin may not teach his children as much as we think about the Infinity Stones because Hela walks right past the Tesseract and kind of says not bad but i'm looking for this flame true which by comparison of like they, they, powers they the might flame recognize seems it kind of weak compared to the tesseract. yeah like like loki loki with the tesseract and hello with it might realize well i can there's things that i can do with this but i don't understand that it's part of a greater whole i don't understand the puzzle piece that it fits into and, and i think that's maybe what i was getting at there is that they they know of the Infinity Stones. They know what they, you know, are, but they maybe don't have any clue where that they are. Yeah. 
and perhaps in locating said scepter, he's getting a powerful weapon, but he's like, but Thanos promises him an army in return for that without telling him that perhaps you can use this weapon while using the army if you bring me this back. I also took that scene in with Hela differently. Because when she's getting the flame, isn't that when she goes to wake up the uh, army and mm-hmm. her pet underneath? I almost looked at it as like, hmm, not bad. You have this. Like, this is here for me now. Not as I can't. Because that wasn't useful for what she wanted to do at that moment. I don't know. I feel like the space stone. Like, I feel like the Tesseract, she wouldn't need an army. I, I honestly felt like she never needed the army to begin with. That's a possibility because she, her whole problem apparently in Asgard is Heimdall stole the Bifrost sword so she can't leave Asgard. If she knew what the Tesseract did and in, in, in the powers of the Space Stone, she wouldn't need the Bifrost. And I interpreted it like Sarah. I'm, I'm almost Sarah on this one. All right. The other thing is she's been imprisoned for so long, maybe she's also thinking she's going step by step by step instead of I'm just going to immediately jump into trying to conquer everything. Perhaps. Plus, she could also be like, I'll get to you later. Yeah, yeah. that's kind yeah. of what I thought of. I was like, okay. oh, like, I, I have just, like later. Like, I'm going, I'll get back yeah, she to had more than She also f- wanted to see her puppy. She hadn't seen him for yeah. a really long time. <laughs> she had more than a few grudges against Asgard, too. So that's <laughs> probably where I would have started. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right, I want to bring us back to Captain Marvel. Anything else specifically for Captain Marvel <laughs> that we, we want to talk all. about? You got all kinds of sidetracks. Um, you start talking about Loki, you well, know so yeah, I'm so just I know, I know, so, I know. Since we were talking about the Tesseract, I can turn that into something we discussed briefly after the movie and then I think a little bit more when you sent me the last message um, about the Tesseract's path to Marvel um, and how she wound up with it and then you sent me the picture from the first Avengers film yeah can I start with my question that I asked you guys after it's going to lead into this whole conversation absolutely which was the timeline one of the timeline plot holes I thought for me was the last we see the Tesseract in the MCU timeline at this point was that Captain America had it. He crashes the plane. It falls to the ocean. Howard Stark picks it up out of the ocean. And the next time we see it is present day with Nick Fury at S.H.I.E.L.D. So in my mind, how does it get from Howard Stark to Marvel in the time in between? Well, and Mike had explained it to me that like it's the whole Pegasus project thing. And that was the picture that I sent you from the yes. opening of Avengers, which... I can buy that explanation now because to me they were two separate government entities and the picture was there's an opening shot of the first Avengers movie that's just a sign at the facility where they're testing the Tesseract and they they blow by it real quickly. It says Project Pegasus on the sign. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have put anything. I I didn't get that either. I would have weight to that. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my my response to Brian on that was just, well, well done, Feige. Yeah. Like, you, you, did, you did your job. Like the, the breadcrumbs uh, were well placed. You knew what you were doing all the way back then. I like it. Yeah. You know? So I can I can buy that. Howard Stark somehow was just like, okay, I'll give it to this person who knows what they're doing. And whether or not he knew she was a Cree or just a very well-known scientist that can experiment with this kind of stuff, it remains to be seen. But Yeah, for all we know, they ran experiments together. Right. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this project. But you keep going on it. I'm going to work on whatever the unknown element that he sends. To yeah. Is. So I can, I can buy that explanation now. So is there, I can't remember quite now. Is, is there a point after cap crashes in the ocean at the end of the first Avenger that 
you then literally see anybody retrieving, utilizing, testing, doing something with the Tesseract. No. All of a sudden, it's, if, I'm, if I remember, because the first Thor was technically released two months, not even technically, it was released two months before the first Avenger. The post-credits to that movie is Eric Selvig with S.H.I.E.L.D., Yes, Eric, quote Eric Selvig as Loki over his shoulder or Loki impersonating him, whatever we're supposed to glean there. Um, being shown the Tesseract. Yeah. So it. So at the end of Thor. So th- and this this was the disconnect in my mind. The movie Thor doesn't have the Tesseract in it. Right. I don't even remember if it's shown in the trophy room. It might be. But it does not play a role in the plot of Thor. Right. But it shows up in the post credit scene so that they can set up Avengers. Right. Two months later, First Avengers, First Avenger gets released, and the Tesseract is very central to that. Yes. So it has been placed on Earth at some point in the ancient past, presumably. Hugo Weaving's character knows of its lore and wants to find it. Yes. He does. He utilizes it. Cap tries to get it back. It sends Red Skull to uh, Vormir. Yes. Right? I think. He becomes the Guardian of Space, the Soul Stone. But the Tesseract is still on the ship. It falls through the ship. It falls through the ship. That's right. It falls through before Cap has to crash. So Cap, the ship, and the Tesseract are both in the ocean somewhere off the eastern seaboard of the U.S., presumably. Mm Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, they say what through exposition that you Howard see Stark. Howard Stark with like a little claw thing. Yes. When does that? I have a memory of this vision. They're scanning the ocean movie. looking for Cap. When does this happen? The, oh, when do the, they show the ex- the that end of back? the first Captain America movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay, before he wakes up, right? In the fake yes. thing that they're trying to set up for him, yes. he's actually in the present day. Yes. They do. Okay. It's. I guess I got to go back and watch. Cap yeah, he's combing the ocean looking for the wreckage of the plane. Doesn't find the plane, but finds this power source. Okay. Picks it up from the ocean, and then he's like, oh, we'll keep looking. Try the next grid. And then they move yeah. on to keep searching for Cap. Okay. And so there's nothing else through, like, Ant-Man or anywhere else where Howard Stark pops up where they show chronologically that the Tesseract is used or no. has. And then, so then, really from our timeline, the next time it would chronologically appear is, is now Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But then the next moment after that is the post credits of Thor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where Eric Selvig as Loki, whoever, is being shown it, and then we're into the events of the beginning of Thor where they're doing energy testing. It, if, beginning of Avengers, but yes. So, yeah. so, yes. so the, the, the chain of ownership that we see is, I don't know if the David Bradley's character has a name at the beginning of First Avenger, but that character oh, right, right, right. to the Red Skull to Cap into the ocean to Howard Stark and Shield, somehow then to Marvel, like fifty years later, mm. forty, thir- thirty-five to forty-ish years later. We don't we don't know when he gave it to her. We right. have to, it, so, it could well, be I mean, five I'm thinking years like later end of World War II and Ka- Carol but, Danvers disappears in 1989. So right. somewhere in forty years. Yeah, somewhere in there it gets to Marvel. Right. And then somewhere after that, well, not somewhere. We we know where. Right. It gets to the Fury Dark Energy shit. Project or whatever Which it was called. Yeah. All right. All right. Kind of upsets a little bit of the timeline too because 
By the time we get to Avengers, it's like, okay, they're using the Tesseract to make weapons. So why are they suddenly trying to make weapons with this power source? And Nick Fury th- points to Thor and says, it's your fault. You showed up. Now we realize we're part of this intergalactic thing where people can just show up and terrorize the planet. But that happened, what, 20 10, 20 years before years in Captain Marvel. So why did they not start making weapons then? Yeah, when they when they realized the alien showed up. <laughs> right, when you literally had aliens show up. The so, only thing I can think of is they couldn't figure out how to make weapons out of it. Yeah, you could play it off as technology wasn't there yet. They didn't know what to do with the power it. source. That's why they waited that long. Sure. Because you'd think, like, the Kree was obviously technologically light years advanced. Yeah. So Marvell knew a little bit more about it. But you're also thinking, like, could she really, without exposing, like, could they show how much she knew? If she's suppo- if they don't know that she's Kree. Right. She can't just all of a sudden be like, look what this could do. And they're like, how do you know that? Yeah. Well, that's why she's or, trying to integrate it with Earth right. technology. Exactly. So I think it Put is it in a one plane. of those, like, they, maybe she can't do everything with it or show them, like, you could make weapons. You could do this. You could do this. If she even knew that. And then, I guess, energy would be, if they didn't need to make weapons out of it. Right. Up until time, Captain Marvel, they didn't need to make weapons. But I'm saying post-Captain Marvel, they should immediately knowing how governments work, start making weapons with it. Not not to mention that Arnim Zola was making weapons with it. Oh, yeah, during During World War War II. II. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is a whole other discussion about where all the people that got shot with those weapons wound up, since they really weren't killed, they were just transported somewhere. Probably. I I was wondering that, but can you presume that the same thing happens to, to them, and is there a difference because... Red Skull literally tried to lay his, you know, quote, bare hands on it. He tried, just like the Power Stone almost, it, he tried to... I, I'm sure we'll never get the actual it, answer so to, speak, to Those question. guys disintegrated. They're all dead. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Just leave it at that. They're dead. gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, we won't get an answer. They're vapor. You're going to see the, the soldiers from Hydra just show up and be like, hey, remember us? We were alive back then. <laughs> now we're here. Mostly, Hello. Mostly it was the U.S. soldiers that but got shot they, with it. Well, he shot some of his own guys. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, that, that's true. He did. He did uh, do that. But yeah, that, the, the 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 timeline for me is okay. The, which you know, the whole retconning thing because Howard Stark has it at the end of Captain America. It goes to storage or something, just shield bunker somewhere. Nick Fury brings it out post Thor to, to start working on stuff, and that's when we see it in Avengers and stuff. So, yeah, the whole retconning thing for the gap in between. It, I feel like still needs a little bit more explanation for me. I'd like to see a little bit more there, but I'm buying the connective tissue that like Mike is representing and trying to argue for me. So I'll, I'll buy it. And nothing says we don't get more later. Yeah. And I'm hoping. Yeah. I hate, I hate inferring things. I like when things are explained to me explicitly. Well, I mean, but you know, we can't have everything all at once. You know, that's true. I know. know. Brian wants it right now. (laughs) I'm, I'm that kind of, we're kind of left to assume that as soon as it lands on Fury's desk, he's probably pretty much like, yeah, start researching this. Someone, (laughs) someone please sign. Actually. Yeah. That's true. We don't know when that, because Florkin already made it, made the point of like, I don't perform when you want me to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I feel like that was because the scrolls were there. Well, that too. But I also feel like it's a cat, uh, even if it, it's a cat. And... <laughs> it's got some universal asshole level, yeah. no matter what. The most part of that, though, is that it did it on, like, a, 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 clean, wood, a wood surface. It, oh, no. it would have been on carpet. <laughs> more easily cleans the surface, It would have been yes. on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, like, go. On the notes that he was taking. Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like it would have been better if it, if like it was while Fury was holding it. Like, if Fury was holding the cat and it just threw up on him. <laughs> but he <laughs> was, like, like quite just... sure what it was about to do. Like, hmm? what's, that, what's that noise? What you make? Yeah, what are you going to do, kitty? What is this? You know, doing the stupid cute thing he was doing with the cat the whole movie. That, that was I loved it. Such I loved fan... that side of him. Yes. I thought this was so fun. It's really weird yeah. to see Nick Fury that happy. It, it, it is, but it, but it really humanized him, yes. I thought. And, yes. and he's, yes. he's a soldier in every other aspect of the MCU. He's a soldier. Yes. He's a leader. He's a soldier. Yeah. And him singing... To Captain Marvel and him yeah. cuddling with the cat mm-hmm. really humanized him in, in a way that I didn't think was going to happen. And that's it, why it really I got the endeared, it, what even, he is, he's been. I've for already a very liked long time. him, but it really endears you to him that much more. Like yes. <laughs> this guy's a cool guy because that's what being a human is about. Is because there's always something. There's nobody that's a hundred percent hard ass all the time. Everybody's got something, and for him, it's a kitty. You <laughs> show Nick Fury a kitty, and he turns into one himself. He's he it changes how he feels about a situation, and I think that's like you said, that's great to humanize him in that way. Yeah. Still, he was joking with people. He doesn't yes. joke with people yeah. in the other yeah. movies. Like the, oh, I, I think the closest you could get to a joke with him was in what Winter Soldier, I think, when he says, "See." This is why I have trust issues. (laughs) (laughs) Which I still feel like we're waiting for that event when he gets trust issues. Like, when does that happen? The turn from the personality we see here to Avengers and Iron Man and stuff like that. I I feel like trust issues happen in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say the scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But they weren't the bad guys, though. (laughs) No, but I mean, his his own boss wasn't. Was Coulson the, was the bad guy? And he still guy ended up time. laughing about it by the end of the movie. So he's not. Yeah, like... but at the at the time, the scrolls were the bad guys. I mean, he didn't realize. But then he's also observing what other people go through. So being and being an observer to Carol and what she had to come to realize about her own truth and what was done to her, like it doesn't always have to be like someone did something to me. Yeah, I've seen what people can do to each other. Just from the car scene where he, he kind of mm. gets into the wreck. That's that was like, cool. Hey, I'm riding with Coulson. Fuck, it ain't Coulson. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like to say Nick Fury hasn't had his humorous moments is a bit... Like, I can think of it at least... Not this heavily in one movie. He hasn't been this heavily in one movie. He was washing dishes. <laughs> I'm like, you know... Having dinner, playing well, with little kids. Right, but I'm saying like he hasn't been a central figure this way. He's been a peripheral yeah. figure when he right. shows up. Even in Winter Soldier, he's a peripheral figure. He plays a major role, but he's not a character that's on screen a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, but and there's still a very the distinct change screen, in personality. Look, look, all the times he's on screen, I'd say that's like his next biggest film among them. I, I, I think he spends more time on screen and playing a biggest role in that other than this. And it seems like every time he's on screen, he's actively in battle. Like, something is actively happening to keep him that serious, because he really kind of has to be. But you get Avengers, where, you know, he makes the $10 bet. You get... See, I, 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 I get the point you're making, but I feel like a lot of them are more ironic... Kiss your mother with that mouth? ...cynical moments. They, they are, but he's not a happy person. I, I still don't. wouldn't want to go have a beer with him. Like, no. He doesn't want to have a beer with you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I, 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 there's a definite <laughs> personality shift that occurs somewhere. It's Maybe like it's Florkin DNA. <laughs> well, I love how, because that's what he says. Remember before, he says, like, I trusted someone once, and I, it, he says it cost me an eye, or I lost an eye, or 
There's his trust issues, yeah. There, that's in one of the... Er- I can't remember if that's You're right. Winter Soldier. It says that would be a throwaway line s- that then becomes a joke Winter in this Soldier. movie. I think it's Winter Soldier, but that's the thing. And then I was like... So then no. the whole movie, I'm like, where's it lose the eye? And so I right. love the tease of that, too. Yeah. But if you're like, ah! Oh, that, oh, no, no, no. no. That's <laughs> what I, I just realized. That's what I was waiting for is um, in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. When they're taught, when they meet what? the character, when they meet the character of Crispin Glover in that movie, we collectively and, all went, "What the fuck?" And he only about? has, and he's missing part of his arm. <laughs> they go and, back and, and they go back <laughs> in time, and like Rob Corddry's character, the whole time is noticing <gasps> all these events, like, "Oh, this is where it's going to happen." This is where yeah, it's gonna, yeah. and, it, and it doesn't. Was this the second one? No, it's in the first. And then the, eventually it does, but the whole time you're waiting for, like, "Oh, this is where this." Is, this is I did, subconsciously I just really this is the moment yes. I was having with Fury the whole yeah, time. Like, I is agree. this gonna be the scene? Is this gonna be it? This is what's gonna someone's gonna hit him, right? Gonna be, he's gonna get in a fight. There's aliens, of course he'll lose an eye. No, it's a damn cat. Well, it's an alien too, but still. And I think that's part of the trust issues. Even you, you could even say like, yeah, I trusted somebody, and it was a cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like the whole eye thing is like the Trevor Slattery reveal for Iron Man three. It's like you're expecting this to be this big thing, and it's nope, it's a joke. That's it. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing that makes him look so like tough. And yeah, scary. yeah. It's a throwaway thing. The other thing and maybe I was a little confused way. about is so at the very end when he brings him in like the case of eyes, <laughs> he never the eye is still there in Winter Soldier. So yeah, I think he, he's saying like he he dis, he he chooses not to. Yeah, but it, I forget. It's like the way that they make it sound as though he almost never had it. I'm also surprised. Never mind. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Forget it. I lost my own train of thought. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Speaking of Coulson, I will say I love rookie Coulson, and I yeah. wish we had a lot more of him. I wanted so much more of him. When I heard he was going to be back in this, I'm like, it's perfect. The timeline's there. I wore my Coulson live shirt. I expected more Coulson. <laughs> yes. It's not there. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. It, it, the thing that bugged me a little that I wanted to point out was that the de-aging on Samuel L. Jackson was fantastic. Yes. And Very I well felt done. like it was kind of mediocre to on bad Clark on Greg. Coulson. I feel like it was yeah. the hair. It was the hair. Yeah. The spiky the type hair. of hair. I couldn't they, I couldn't they do it. They left them still a little like thin down yeah. and whatnot. It also yeah. I think it was where they put the hairline. It like yeah. wasn't far enough forward. <laughs> it was still kinda It was like still back, but they tried to poof it. Right. Yeah. Like look, yeah. you're younger. You have you have a more volume. There's not more I thought, surface. When area I was looking cover, at it but... too, I thought the same thing. Like face was not I think it was the hair. I'm with you. Yeah, I think it was the hair. The hair distracted yeah. me. Yeah. It, it, either way, it was disappointing that it didn't work as well because we saw the, you know. It's probably why he wasn't in there very often. They tested it and they're like, oh, no, less of him. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> we only have some. Well, no, Marvel has like no budget anymore. But it'd be like, we only have so much aging budget. Focus on- <laughs> well, I, I feel like it could have been something that. I, I don't know. I don't know why the hell it wound up that way. I, I don't know how that... <laughs> I don't know who looked at it and said, yes. He had a lot of upshots, too. Like, yeah. yeah. Chin upshots. So maybe we just... Maybe it looked better in yeah. person. Speaking <laughs> of chins, though... Um, <laughs> Again, what did, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of deep talk did, you get on Brian and his super friends. Did anybody else notice a, a stark similarity <laughs> between the Skrull chins and Thanos' chin? That's that way even in the comics. Is it? Okay. Yeah. There was something else I th- I thought of. Fury makes that comment about how... I, f- I forget exactly how he says it, but it's something like, my friends don't call me Nick, or, you know, nobody calls him Nick, and that was part of... Doesn't uh, Robert Redford's character call him Nick, and, and he's the only oh, yeah. one? 
in the other movies, does anybody else that so has So you're saying in Winter Soldier, he should have just punched Robert Redford in the face and be like, Squirrel! That would have been like, you're not my friend. You're not my real friend. Maybe, maybe that's how Hydra found its way into the modern day is the scrolls <laughs> retcon scrolls let's and if you if you wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt could you say that in the end given the character turn that's what i'm saying right yeah he wasn't really, yeah so that's that's what i thought he actually when, was his enemy like, when i was thinking about the movie afterward i was like i think he's the only other character i think I'd cap gets away with saying nick a couple doesn't times he? doesn't he oh, well. uh, yeah i feel like i have a moment or two of him or tony sticking out Granted, that, uh, Tony calls him Fury a lot, but either either maybe and Tony would do it just to dick him, him off if he knows that if it, it, it irritates yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, Tony would be he the would first one like to give him Nicholas. his bread sliced diagonal. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> love that thing. <laughs> well, where, when were we having that conversation? Was it you and I that was having a conversation about how we want that scene? Yeah, last we want, night. Yeah, we want to. See, Josh and I said we want in the, one of the next movies either to have one of the more humanizing moments of Fury. So we were like, maybe it'll be. At uh, you know, if Hawkeye still has that farmhouse with his wife, and they're sitting down, and she like it's breakfast, and she just <laughs> puts the toast in front of him, and it could be like something else completely. They could be talking about a mission, and you there's just no see attention this given on to the it. Side <laughs> of her putting the toast down, and he just kind of sits there. He has like a sneering. I look. need that. <laughs> I need that. Turns back to his bacon. <laughs> I, would, I would prefer the Tracy Morgan moment. Just no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just roll opposite. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> um. Anybody else have anything? Mike, did you have a list of stuff yeah, you're no, trying you to get through? I have, a, I have a list. Um. So we have to talk more about Goose too. That's, that's <laughs> list. Yeah, Goose is on my list. Um. The the next thing I think that um. I would bring up and maybe we should have talked about first is again i love this movie the best moment of being in that theater was not really part of the movie it was the opening marvel logo oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah the homage yeah. to stanley oh, yeah. was very awesome that got more claps than the actual movie yeah in the theater it, that it, was sh- it should have because yeah. none of this exists without stan <laughs> And that was a theater full of glassy eyes immediately when the movie started. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that kudos was a, for that. That was a classy touch as to, like, instead of... They do so many times, like, putting it on the back end yeah. of films. Right up front. Just right there, replacing all of the typical montage stuff that they've done right. for the last couple of movies. And, just, and even the thank yeah. you stand before yeah. the movie yeah. even starts. Just say it, yeah. Um, and that said as well his cameo in this film kevin smith tweeted after he went to see the movie broken down completely in tears and saw that it was touching he had to have known to some well maybe he didn't know specifically how it was going to be used but well at the same time i don't know because he doesn't own that movie yeah, Universal owns that movie. Is that the Mallrats reference? Mallrats, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mall rats. He's re- so, so Stan's reading. They might not even had to go script. through Kevin at all to get clearance to use it or, or anything. And so it might have been a complete surprise to him. Yeah. I don't know. From the look of him in the picture he put up, probably a surprise. That was one of my absolute favorite Easter eggs of that entire movie because if Absolutely. you if you didn't know what those dots connected, you don't realize that a lot of people don't even know what that movie is. So you have to know it's a movie. You have to realize Stan was in the movie. That I think, aside from like one or two uh, like made-for-TV Incredible Hulk movies, if I remember reading a few months ago when I was doing my cameo research, I think Mallrats was his actual first like feature 
theatrical feature I think so too. appearance in anything. Mm-hmm. And he got to play a you know a version, fictionalized version sort of of himself a bit, like a warped version of himself. And to connect those dots and realize, yep, that's the perfect time frame. That is the correct year. He's rehearsing his lines because he got sent the screenplay. Absolutely adorable. And for yeah, like the huge Kevin Smith fan that I am, and all this combining, <laughs> I was like that. That was it. That was perfect. For I me. was really sad that you were behind me at the <laughs> moment, and I could not. I like I. I'll, I would say I feel bad for the two people sitting next to me because I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do anything to distract. Oh, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, man. No, I didn't do. But I, I. There were certain moments where, yeah, like my gesticulation or my my initial just like compulsive visceral reaction to some of the song cues or that moment in particular was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am surprised I did not hear more things from behind me <laughs> that I thought I was going to. In. It, it, it just, it, like, Josh's reactions and everything bring to mind, like, we had talked recently, I think, about, like, moments in the movie theater we remembered yeah. for audience reactions. And that opening logo sequence, like, the c- collective <gasps> of everybody yeah. around you in the theater at that moment was impressive. Yeah. Somebody, um, actually, I think it was my coworker who just saw this like her very first. Who's Stanley? <laughs> well, she was actually the one. It was funny. It's like saying who's Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> like Hannah Montana. You mean? Um, <laughs> he's a comedian. Uh, can't wait for that movie. Um, no, she. Uh, no, she she was aware of, like who he was because like he and that and that's a testament to him like he was in the zeitgeist that much, and into regular popular culture enough. But I think this might have been this was definitely her first MCU movie. Um, I actually had legitimately like a teaching session with her. Uh, we had like a, a lunch thing on Friday when she came in. She's like, "All right, you got to tell me all about these things." So I went through like, "All right, here's DC Comics, here's Marvel Comics." Here's how the Marvel Comics films got split up between these different. I wasn't even part of this, but it makes me happy just hearing about it. Oh, this is this is this is fun. This I is... also have to add something to the end of his story when he's done. Okay, so this, this is like a, this is the the most fun lunch I've had at work in five years, and um, so oh shit, where were we going with that? Sorry, I interrupted. We're, we're talking about Stan, and then the reactions. Crap. Oh, oh, the the his cameo moment. We actually posited we're like she encounters him on the train he's there yes he was old when they filmed these of course they i think they just did like this whole like big string of cameos like a year ago they tried to do like as many as they could in a very very short period of time to make sure they could get him but it was not evident that he was like already on death's door like he hadn't been confined to home yet he wasn't like on his like final downward spiral in their interaction there's a moment where the camera goes not necessarily from his view but he is out of frame it is looking just at her as she looks at him i almost wonder if after he passed they quickly got her back put her in costume the, the look that she gives him seemed a little bit more telling to me not just like hey old friend we're sharing a knowing glance there was something else there to me 
and maybe I wanted to read too much into it. I don't know. I could <laughs> well, be. It stood out. That stood out to me too because I said yeah. that's the most obvious. Like I, I, that was like my uh, my automatic reflexive reaction to it, that, and that's what told me like maybe there's the possibility that, or maybe they edited what they had already shot to make it look that way. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it seemed to me like they had framed that in a specific way, knowing that it was going to be released after he had he had gone. I just put an aside in for Josh because, he, and he his coworkers seem very great, and I've actually met uh, Shira, his one coworker yeah. that did this. So shout out to Shira. I have never oh, yeah. seen him so much so aggravated. <laughs> he got an email last, I say it would have been in the last week mm-hmm. that American Eagle was doing this screening on Wednesday night, it's and a that private private screening, advanced screening. On Wednesday, and that anybody yeah, some connections we should know about local theater. Anybody that was like they, you respond back. It's only open to American Eagle employees. I don't know if it was all corporate or not, but just American At Eagle least employees. In the area, yeah, you yeah. just had to respond back. He immediately says he responds. Forwards me the email at work and is like, "Look what just came in. I already responded <laughs> back. I think I responded back in like one minute. In less than one minute, my entry was into the raffle already. <laughs> and they yes. were supposed to let them know on Friday, March first, which was his which birthday. My birthday. They're like, it closed, <laughs> entries close at ten a.m. We'll we'll announce winners that afternoon. All so the Friday, whole effing day, at all work. Friday, he's waiting. And then Friday <laughs> night, I'm like, you didn't tell me. He goes, they didn't announce it. <laughs> all weekend, I got no email. All weekend, this is ever at least once a, 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 each day. That's your first sign something went wrong. It was, oh, yeah. it was that <laughs> foreboding ensued. So then, was it Sunday? Sunday night, night, he checks his email again. Yes, and it said something like, "Well, there was an over overwhelming, overwhelming response." <laughs> Immediately, he was like, "That's." Bullshit. None of these people know anything. Because he's like, half of these people probably don't even know. But he starts on this whole rant. Like, I feel like you can tell the people that submitted this this I contest totally is like, we don't think people like this stuff. I so became we'll just... a huge fanboy bitch. He did. So then <laughs> Absolutely. M- Monday, he gets, is it when you got to work, you let me, or something? No, no. So Monday goes, Tuesday morning I get in, and Shira says, as soon as I walk in, she got there before me, did you get... The new email, check your email. They released more tickets for the screening, and I initially got the rejection one, but I came in this morning, and, and I got you know some of the new tickets. Mm. <laughs> I oh, sign no. in. I'm like, oh, immediately. Here we go. Here we go. Not a damn thing. I get this text <laughs> message at work. <laughs> because there was no message in between of, just to let you know, we released more seats and, and, and we were able to get more, so we'll try to – no, no, no. They only told the people who were granted the additional tickets that this even happened. So <laughs> well, everyone who got the initial – to tell people that didn't get the tickets, like, yeah. we released more, but you're and still, still shit out of luck. <laughs> so, then, so then he tells me and that Shira said that she had even mentioned when she entered, like, she'd never seen a single MC movie, <laughs> all this stuff. And then she said to you him – You don't deserve to go. Well, I he, had all the horrible thoughts. He did. And then she even was so nice and was like, I'm really sorry, but I already told my friend about it, and if and if she didn't already want to go, I'd give you my tickets. And he's like, fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> you already had tickets for the following night. Who gives a shit? How many times <laughs> this is a private advanced screening paid for by someone else? Like, of course, everyone wants the novelty of that. So then, and though to her defense, it did turn out like she get a coin. The tickets were not no. transferable, <laughs> so like it, you had to be like an employee plus their guest. So best she could have done is offered to take me but i'm like i 
wouldn't have gone without her. I would have let you go because of no, the bitching I, and moaning <laughs> that I heard. <laughs> no, 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 I, wow. I wouldn't have done it like, oh, you held me back because we have to go together, isn't that right? I mean, no, I wouldn't have done that. So I was like, no, no. So Are she couldn't sure? have given me both of them. But then she comes in on Thursday uh, and says, so yeah, we all went Thursday night, most of us together. And she went the night before on Wednesday. She comes in Thursday and says, yeah, the theater was only like 80% full. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I figured was going to happen happened, which was our company had this partnership with Marvel for apparel. And so a message went out to people who knew that. And yes, I'm sure they thought it would be a fun thing, although they have no investment in these at all and no understanding. And then 20% of the people of the tickets they gave out didn't even bother going. And that is bullshit. (laughs) And then they they also had, they got free popcorn and they had like Mm -hmm. a free candy table set up. Uh, And they got posters. We we do things well. (laughs) But uh, we sure was nice and gave us the poster. But yes. So for a week, this is all I heard. (laughs) (laughs) And I used the same argument, Brian, of you're going to see it on Thursday. Didn't you have to wait another you 24 hours. You would have been hours. just as excited and just as pissed. If it was, yeah. It's the, like said, it's the novelty of it. It's, it's the novelty. It's, I just wasn't as mad fun as he different, was. <laughs> fun, different nature of, of getting to do it. That's all. So, so your friend's on board now, right? MCU fan for life? Well, <laughs> well, I gave her, so I gave her the first six movies. I gave her phase one. And the first thing she says is, oh my gosh, well, thank you. But okay, so all these movies happened before Captain Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, technically, yes, they do. And then 15 more. You've got a fourth of what is out there. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, so that through that discussion, uh, she had said, like, oh, okay. So I, said, I recognize some of these other Marvel characters. I think I've seen parts of, of some of these. And then I had, like, the whole, like, list laid out of, um, like, chronolo- chron- chronologically of the MCU releases. And then I kind of made – used – your like modified schedule for the most part and move yeah. one or two things around if she wanted a different kind of viewing order but she's like okay so there's like 20 years. <laughs> like, i was like yes this is this has been 11 years yeah you can make that many movies in 11 <laughs> years so but it, it didn't seem to uh intimidate her out of that's a good being, sign being curious that's a good sign yeah um, I'll, I'll report back in as we go on she doesn't seem to be a fast movie <laughs> watcher that's fair so. When, when you have something that daunting in front of you, it is. Yeah, I don't know to... what that's like at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Mike, you got more stuff you want to try to cover? I, I just have a couple minor things, and then, like I said, I have the one thing that Josh should exit for. Your Muffet. All right, um, Muffet Auto. But uh, one of the other things I have here is that I had a lot of fun with the fact that she. I, I don't know who made the decision to do it, but taking the open digs at online trolls, I thought was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the guy asked her to smile, I just about died. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I actually wanted Thank a you for... bit more of a dramatic reaction to that. Not not melodramatic, but a bit more to what she did. But I was happy that they did I, it. I was happy they did that. I was happy that they used I'm just a girl for her the the big fight scene, if you will, at the end. Um. Uh, so much that they did there. The only thing I don't necessarily agree with is that doing so acknowledges them in some way. Which, I'm like, 
I'm 50-50 on trolling them back versus not acknowledging them at all. Right. Um, but I found it fun that they threw those digs in there. Just to sidetrack real fast, did everybody else really enjoy the Just a Girl moment? Because that was the one that was for me was like really on the nose. I and figured over the that top. was going to be your it, point it of contention. It was a little bit on the nose, but it was still fun. Like I think it's maybe just my preference for like uh, theme song music. Like that was when I wanted a Captain Marvel theme playing when she just finally starts oh, okay. kicking ass, Give and they went for like yeah. yeah but, but the, the only thing. my my counter to that is other than the Avengers. There's not a strong individual character theme that I could tell you anybody else has. And that's the problem with the MCU as a total. They're always switching up character themes for the same character they for each of their sequels. Because they don't have one. Right. Even the only it, identifiable one, you're right, is the Avengers theme. And even in this, you've got that, know. Like well, that yeah. two seconds where he's typing the document at the end. Um, but even though, and that, and that's one other way that DC beat them to the punch is a lot of people in this in this world who, who like this stuff the moment that wonder woman theme plays you're like wonder woman right from the film and i think part that. of part of that is the moment that it's used the avengers theme is played when they're all in the circle and that's mm-hmm. cameras panning around them that is a fucking awesome moment it's it's good mm-hmm. when it's good captain use. marvel finally unleashes and just starts kicking the shit out of people that is a memorable moment for me if you played me a really good theme song there i would remember I, that. i was gonna say e- even if maybe they use the avengers theme there because truthfully that's kind of where the Avengers are actually born that we oh, that's find kinda, out at the end of this movie. That's another comment I made, too. The title of Captain America, the first Avenger, is kind of a lie now because Carol Danvers is the first Avenger. <laughs> no, she's not. She yeah. has the, the whole Avenger two. initiative came from her name. I consider well, her Avenger to be the now. first yeah, okay. Avenger. But the, the actual first yeah. well, well, how... in existence is still Thor. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. We're all wrong, right? Um, yeah. So, I, the, yeah, for the just a girl moment, that's where I'm. I'm I know I'm in the minority, but people. that was in the moment. I was. I loved it because that is such a like a power yes. anthem for us. When, like it's instantly identifiable. Yes. Yeah, and I I see where you were getting at with it, but my point. My argument to that was that she was still figuring it out, like at that point, like what she can do, because she was even surprised by the stuff that she was doing. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't full on Captain Marvel, like her eyes weren't glowing. She wasn't like, yeah, yeah. Because then like, it, there's parts in that fight where she like goes to do something and she's like, well, well that didn't work. And she then she like, does other laugh. things and she's like, oh, I like yeah. that too. Like she's almost laughing at some point when she's like. She's basically invulnerable and blow up anything yes, she yeah. wants. So I, yeah. I, I, love that. I think that it was on the nose, yeah. but I, I, I think it, but it was it fun. Was good. It and was really fun. So and again, that'd be like if we go again with it being her personal like playlist. In yeah, her, it's, yeah, it's fitting for her. And I get that that move that moment was not aimed at me, so I'm yeah. perfectly fine sure. with me not yeah. agreeing with it. If it worked for you yeah. guys, then yeah, it worked, I can see where you're coming from. And on the one hand, it's actually antithetical to what we talked about before that it, they there's part of the plot doesn't center around her being weak because she's a woman no one's trying to put her down for that no one's trying to put her in her place because of that yeah. except the douchebag on the motorcycle <laughs> which she you know and the pilot. takes retribution and the pilot like some of the stuff from her uh, this is true this is true history um, but that since that's, would be since that's not yeah. as much of like a punch through theme mm-hmm. in it you could almost argue that using the song isn't necessarily needed yeah Per se, but it still had an amazing freaking effect, mm-hmm. so I don't care. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. It, it worked well. I, I, I'm telling you now, you're going to see a dozen recuts of that on YouTube with people putting different songs in it and being like, look, you I'm can down. do this yeah. with this song, that song, the other song, and it's mm-hmm. still an awesome scene. 
just because they can't help themselves but do things like that. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it and honestly, if you take any battle scene like that, you can do it too. I feel like there's a lot of speaking of whole, there's a lot of other like whole music or garbage or Liz Fair. There's there's a lot of 90s female bands or singers I, I that you could recut years later, that so you could recut that scene personally, or some of that but, stuff. I think it's the the fun aspect of it though, because no doubt yeah. was fun and like. Nah, 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 nah. The other thing yeah. is, is while, while you're right, like Liz Fair, are they as recognizable? Oh no 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 yeah I mean as, not not that that would be your choice for your right, mass release, right. but in terms of like fan recutting, there's a lot that you could use yeah. for female power. Mm-hmm. A, a well, yeah. breakthrough moment but you that know? one that one really did it for me though yeah, yeah. i was yeah that was the that moment was like in wonder woman there's a mo- the moment when she goes like, on her theme no man's trench no yeah. man's trench but where her... i literally wanted to stand up and be like yes that was my moment for captain marvel yeah i get I, that you can say whatever you want with wonder woman i'll still argue to the day i'm dead that that theme song is the best part of what they did with wonder woman i love well that was that it moment. was so yeah. Just every time that music plays, one, you instantly, you know it's Wonder Woman, and two, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my so, ringtone. To the fact that the first time you get that music is in BVS, and she's not a titular character. Yeah. They don't have recognizable themes, and coming out of a movie that she's not even really the central character or in the title of... Has the most memorable moment. Exactly. Yeah. Because of the song. Yeah. Yes. Um, so where do you, yeah, wait, Andy. Where do you fall in the, the the just a girl moment? I feel like everybody's had their piece of it. Have you chimed in on that? I, I think I did, didn't I? I? Think you did, yeah. Okay, chime in again. I really liked it. Okay. <laughs> Thought it was awesome. Hot take by Andy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I, I kind of you know wanted to jump out of my seat too. Like okay. yeah, and then, and then I was like, oh no, wait, I'm in a theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is frowned upon when you're in a theater. Yeah. I like too because Gwen Stefani was like this feminine feminist from yes. that time so like she could be a girl and still like to like wear makeup and be pretty and stuff but she was still tough too so i kind of like that aspect of using her as well yeah because that's how kind of i feel like that's how they did with captain marvel too like she was beautiful but she wasn't made to be like an object to look at like yeah objectified in any way yeah, like, great no point. skimpy outfit yeah. yeah even whenever she was in like plain clothes she was in the jeans t-shirt big bomber jacket like mm-hmm. They never, like, overly sexualized and her. And that, that's the thing that I think, unfortunately, that Wonder Woman yes. could not avoid is that if mm-hmm. you if you want to go the route of using uh, iconic outfits and the classic, like, you can't – like, you could maybe give her something mm-hmm. that had, like, more like the, the long pant legging type of outfit mm-hmm. that she's had at some times. But the design of the character, you can't yeah. really get away from that, unfortunately, which, which then lends it to those mm-hmm. sorts of criticisms. So she which was is- – Oh, I was going to say, which is a very good reason why this was Captain Marvel and not Miss Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Um, because Miss Marvel is 100% a sexualized costume. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Captain Marvel is not. Mm. Even just so. the, the shots that I remember one of the things from Batman vs. Superman that made me so angry. And they do it in Avengers somewhat to, to um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's some of the just some of the shots they line up. I'm like, you don't need a full shot of her ass. Like, that's not. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. It's always ass. <laughs> it's front always and ass. In like, the no, of the... there's no yeah. need. Or like, like hunched over. Yeah. They did nothing of that. And yeah. yeah, she's in a very tight, form-fitting outfit. 
so they could. But it, it also they, makes sense because it's supposed to, it's tactical. It's tactical. And they yeah, didn't but try they to modify it. set up shots yeah. the way that they've done yeah. in previous movies that they didn't do, and that made me really happy. Yeah. I know. That's I loved that. I absolutely loved that. And I um, overstepped that. I loved the friend, her friendship. Um, I can't think of her name now. Her friend's name. Oh my gosh, the daughter's name is Monica. It's um. It's Rambo. I can't. I never remember. Yeah, I Monica. I believe. Or no, that's Monica, the daughter. Monica's the yeah. daughter. I can't think of. It's another M, isn't it? Like yeah. Megan or something. At any rate, Marie. I mean. Marie. Marie. Is it Marie? Marie. I, yeah, I, I loved their friendship because yes. that just reminded me of like like my friendships. You know, these people that I've known forever and that you're like your support completely and like they're there for each other and it's again there for each other not like a you know you're my best friend hugs let's go get brunch even though i love brunch (laughs) 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 but it was just kind of like more real it was real and And fun little factoid at one point in the history of captain marvel um i guess it's marie rambo actually becomes captain marvel herself not carol Related. To, sorry, I know there's other points you want to hit, and and we want to figure out where we're going to wind down. But yeah. there's one point I want to throw out at the end that I I don't know if I'm way off, but I just have a, f- well, I think a weird hunch. Jumping off what Mike the the name Marie is the mom, Monica is the daughter. Yes. Monica becomes Captain Marvel. It's later. Monica that does. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So they could that, be playing the seeds for go, the daughter to else. become Captain Marvel somewhere down the line in the future if they want yeah. to. I, I think okay. And also, Marie didn't get shit for going and saving the world, even though she has a daughter. Yes. Like, women get shit all the time for <laughs> doing anything that, you know, like, that's irresponsible, but your husband can go do this or something, or the father can... Well, they uh, even, yeah. she made that point of, she was like, I'm not going to go into space, I have you. And she was like, Mom, you were flying planes <laughs> with yeah. me, that's and you were doing... Too. Yeah, like, you were just doing... And the fact that she was like, the parents came in, and they were kind of, you could tell they were kind of like... It's late. What's going on? But there was never that scene of like you are a mother and you, you need should to feel be bad for and, trying yeah. to do something heroic. Does anyone That's know what the Josh? You might know the Bechdel test for movies. I no. do know what that is. Yes, it's a, it's like for for female characters. It's like it I forget what the criteria their, was. It has to do with the amount of dialogue that they have. Yeah, and then always and like if they refer the, to like if every conversation they have is about a man and how they can correct do something like this, okay. which I feel like this movie, as far as I can remember, passes the Bechdel test. I'd have to look it up, yeah, because I know Gina Davis's institute has done a ton of research on representation of women in oh. media, and I, yeah, I wonder if it's even out. Yeah, I haven't seen anything uh, talking about it, but I, I absolutely because like her dialogue is all about the mission and what she needs to do for herself and stuff mm-hmm. like that, not worrying about other men and how she is seen to other men and that kind of stuff. Once point out anything about Marie uh, presumably being a single mother. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah. She she mentions it only in passing about and not even us when she, I think when she's talking to Carol about how you stood with me when I wanted to do all this as a and she does have like mm-hmm. a passing moment of saying as a mom with a daughter something. Yeah. But it is it is in that framework of saying like you supported me when nobody else did. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that might have just been more expository rather than focusing the point on right, it. Right, right. It, it, it didn't matter. They're just telling you that's what it is. Yeah. So just for the Bechtel-Wallace test is a measure of representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is sometimes added. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, as far as I can remember, I feel like it passes that test. 
I believe it does. Yeah. Which I think you'd be very surprised to find out how many movies do not pass that test. Uh, it would not be. That's why this one or, is, Yeah. That's what I feel. I, that's why I was like, I loved everything about I loved the way that she was just a superhero. Yeah. And I really appreciated the fact that there was no... Not that I don't like romance or anything, but even mm-hmm. Wonder Woman had like the mm-hmm. romantic yeah. and whatnot. And there was nothing of the sort in this. And I can play off of that into one of the other points that I had was about how awesome Ben Mendelsohn was. Oh, yeah. Yes. He was oh, yeah, really good. That and that's where you get your little bit of romance in the story at all is him with, with his, his wife and children. Right. And but, it, but Captain Marvel herself didn't even... Right. It wasn't necessary for the character. It no, was hundred percent unnecessary. Yeah, um, and I think that's very important. I think that I, I don't think that was a mistake. I think they were very conscious of not having part of her story rely on that. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. If it has to rely on it. It's She's bullshit. Got more important things to worry about. <laughs> I agree. Did, did yeah. you Did you guys hate that part in Wonder Woman? The, the fact that there was the little I did I mean I loved Wonder Woman but I again everything that she did was like aww like I felt like that all the men like approached not you guys sorry but like in the movie it was all like men this. everywhere <laughs> in the movie it was just kind of like everything she did everybody was so shocked we're like oh that's oh oh it, I don't know. but I think the men in the audience or the men in the story story too that's but hard to take like that, that movie as the example and, only and because and that is the time the period time that it is that was said exactly. that I said earlier that they could contextually I, yeah. it would it it would make it would be more awkward if people weren't reacting that way right. it wouldn't seem authentic but because that's like, how people were viewing yeah. the world at the time but that's why I didn't get the same like like empowerment from that movie as I did from this one because mm-hmm. that was still such a focal point you know focusing on the fact that yeah. it was amazing and, may, and yeah and i'm not to like not that it needs defending but maybe one of the points of that is look let's present first in in the mainstream art remember what it was like and remember how stupid that was yeah. and that we want to move away from there i i feel like that's what they were trying more of an exa- more of an show. example of what not to do. Yeah, like we can't ignore what it was because it wouldn't make sense if it's supposed to be historical fiction. Yes. But mm-hmm. just because we're presenting it this way, like that's that's the point. Is remember why we don't want to be that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I can see Leslie's point though. Of course, in that yeah. so many films that are trying to empower women have to point out about how bad things were or are in order to empower them and say like they're fighting against this and that's why they're having to do this or that as opposed to just being a woman who's powerful and and it just like i left a little bit like pissed off which i mean it was again you're supposed to be angry that that's the way that women were treated or you know that women were looked looked at like that but this one i just was just like oh I wish I could There's shoot less less of a reminder of the struggle and just purely uplifting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't angry at all men. <laughs> this movie. Not all men. Hashtag. Not all I men. really am. I mean it. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I left angry at David Thewlis after Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. I yeah. Did, I left angry was... at David Thewlis after a lot of movies. <laughs> Dragonheart. What a douche. Yeah. Seriously. Oh. oh. <laughs> 
Uh, next episode of Ryan and his two friends. Yeah. Shitting on uh, David. Uh, <laughs> 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 but he does good things. <laughs> but there's a lot of movies well, that I can All right, Mike, ahead. bring us back. Bringing us so back <laughs> around. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to uh, – I feel like we already talked about the Kree Scroll War a little bit. We, we we mentioned it. We don't really have to worry about whether we're going back there or not. I guess we'll just find out. And the potential for secret invasion is always there, which is the last thing I want to talk about briefly before I send Josh away. Um, and I think we talked about this as potential where we said, like, now that they've introduced this, the secret invasion can happen. You had a quote from, I don't know if you have that available or not. I can pull it up on my phone. Okay. He had a quote from Kevin Feige that I think he's going to bring out. Oh, I remember you sending mention. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in said quote... Which is, it seems like he's almost ready. Now, while he's doing it, was this a few years old? Is this from the past, or was this recently, like, as it relates to this? That the quote was the given. quote? Like, did he make it a few years ago? You gotta ask him. That. I think this was being interviewed about Captain Marvel and the Skrulls introduced okay, okay. in Captain Marvel. And I think he was flat out, like, I can't remember if the question was flat out, like, do you think this could lead to secret invasion? Are you setting the seeds for secret invasion? Because... So for anyone who doesn't know what Secret Invasion is, basically the Skrulls infiltrate the Marvel cinem- the Marvel Universe and impersonate heroes. They've captured a whole bunch of them, they make themselves look like them, and they become heroes for years. It's not until somebody dies and turns into a Skrull that you realize they've been here. And now it's like, who's a Skrull, who's not? Wasn't part of that the playoff of um, Bill Foster dying in Civil War because the Secret Invasion came right after? Possibly. I don't remember it, what hero died. but I, I feel like after Bill Foster shrunk back down, like he became a scroll. I can't remember for certain. Yeah, because you don't, you don't know offhand which one of them are and which one of them aren't. Not until they die that they retransform into a scroll, and then So that kicked off a whole other event storyline, which once you hear the scrolls are announced in Captain Marvel, it's like, oh, they're laying the, laying, laying the seeds and the groundwork for the next big event in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So when they start airdropping in the 90s on Earth, you're like, okay, they're going to be here since then. They're going to show up later. And then you realize by the movie, they're the good guys. They all leave. Wait, what? <laughs> so I think, you know, after the movie and we, we get the sort of twist that the Skrulls weren't really the bad guys and they're gone. Somebody asked Feige about if the Skrulls could show up later, if they'll have a secret evasion. And Feige said, just like not all humans are bad and not all humans are good, I think Skrulls probably have a variety of moralities amongst them. When they do – when they – can do what they can do it probably gets very tempting so it's fun to have introduced this concept and see where it goes so he's not denying he's saying you know we that probably have a plan very very vague pc <laughs> answer <laughs> that, that's very well crafted actually and that's I, a good well, thought and i think just like most things he does for the context <laughs> meaning he knows exactly um, where they're going to show up what they're going to do but he doesn't want to exactly. say exactly and i think for the context of secret invasion he has to be that vague yeah for the like and i think my response to you is the way i would want to see this is they don't even make mention of the scrolls for years let this go by let this get forgotten let it be forgotten about secret invasion coming and then maybe at some point, somebody, take whatever character you want, dies, and turns into a scroll. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, shit, how long have they been a scroll? When did this happen? And, it, but I think it has to have that amazing wow moment. It, whereas if this happens in, like, Far From Home or something, yeah, yeah. and it's right there in our face after we just saw it, like I'm you not going to be need, pleased. Like, at least a, maybe give it all of Phase 4. I, I think I told you maybe him, bring I it back in. Five years was the number I used to, to really yeah, have something that like pop that. on. A, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Um, 
which I, I feel like whenever, awesome. yeah, whenever they if they go in line with what Mike's saying and it just ends and somebody turns into a scroll, that's your end cap of a movie. I feel like the movie directly after that should be Captain Marvel two, where she goes off with the scrolls, and you get the explanation of maybe how that group splinters and then they decide to come back to Earth and and infiltrate. Yeah, or maybe some of them were still here when this group, or left. that too. Yeah, yeah. We, we, this doesn't we mean like yeah, the whole population out. was on that right. so like, lab well, ship. Maybe maybe a character dies at the end of one of these films, and we just see them like on an autopsy table, make the shift as a post credit scene. I'm for higher Marvel because <laughs> there's a You've probably already thought of this, and I'm telling you that. But. Just like in the comics, there's a transition for the Skrulls where they start peaceful, they become a warrior like race. So we haven't seen that transition yet. So I feel like that's something they could do in Captain Marvel two. Yeah, that we see them decide they want to fight back against the Kree. The Kree won't leave them alone, so now they got to do something about it. Somehow Earth gets cro- caught in the crossfire, like they we always do, yeah. and then we get Secret Invasion. Yeah. So uh, Captain Marvel two already greenlit. Not that I know of, but after this weekend, yes. Yeah, okay. I would say we, Wait, I we don't. The doc, they haven't the, all we know for one hundred percent certain is far from Everything beyond that is untitled. I think yeah, yeah they have dates announced, far but they won't home, tell us what's uh, in the dates. Okay. Yeah, Endgame, Far From Home, and Guardians I, I, Three has a script, but yeah, not and a director. I, I, I still and maybe say it's going to be San Diego Comic Con this year is when you get either the slate. For phase four, or at least like the next like three announcements. Yeah, we'll see if they have a, do they even have a presence there this year. I don't know. They've it's been be doing. Something. They're not going. Well, if far if far from home, so so the, after far from home, first of all, they need to take a little bit of a break. Yeah, because you're literally having two movies come out in less than two months, and then only about two months later, you're having a third. Yeah. They, I need a little bit of breathing room. <laughs> like the the like every six month mark was was good for a while. I, That's me. But but anyway, so if well, depending depending if because D D twenty three is when's that typically when it happens? It's like in the spring. I can't remember. I thought it was like an August thing. I honestly can't remember. It's it's definitely between like. April and September, but I don't know exactly. <laughs> well, so if you, I agree, winter, Sarah. I, I agree. <laughs> Somewhere I between exactly, January I and can't December, afford to go. I think. <laughs> um, so my, my point is, if they, presuming that they don't, like, have not secretly been making another movie that's coming out in November, and it's not going to be till next spring that we get something after Far From Home. I think they have that date announced as being, like, next spring after Far From Home. Sure. And and I think that was originally supposed to be, everyone thought that would be the original date for Guardians 3, but now who knows. But. Yeah. D23, August 23rd to 25th. So possibly there. So, okay. So if, if not San Diego, then one of those two events. It's going to be D23. It's, it's Disney-owned it's event. Be one of those, that's going to be there. Those two, because they, uh, and we talked about this before, unless they just have a random event announcement press conference thing um there's not really another point where they can make a big official announcement to say here's what's coming and we've actually already been working on the one that's like coming up soonest yeah you know two two things um one i like the old schedule where we got a spring a summer and a fall movie um where every november there was a movie coming but that didn't start till 2017 2017 was the first first year that they had three movies right no but but i like that schedule is what i'm saying and then they right. the last couple years they've pitched the fall winter movie and they now we're generally we're getting you know a march april uh, like or well i guess what 
February. February was Black Panther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. February, so, so, May, summer. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting in like a five-month, four-month period or so, yeah. we're getting all our Marvel content as opposed to having it spread more out, which I preferred. Um, because it feels like a really long time in between after you get that summer movie before the next one. So I preferred it being spaced closer together, but I understand what they're going for. Yeah. Um, but even with 2017, when you had Guardians in May, Spider-Man in July, that fell close together, and then you did get Thor later in November. I really liked 2014, 2016, where you had, I think, Cap in like April, Guardians in August. 2016 you had civil war in april or may and then dr strange in november like i'm okay with that when they put things too close together it just it feels i agree i don't know um but the other thing i would say is a just once i would love to see marvel or one of these big companies go the route of surprise everybody throw the trailer for whatever's coming after far from home on far from home at the theater opening night okay and release it that way just want because i mean that's the way we used to be so surprised i will have a heart attack <laughs> i'd be pissed <laughs> i wasn't prepared i didn't have my headphones ready well to me especially if it's like a major thing like if it's they hate you marvel something where we don't know i'm what's quitting coming. after 24 you know like if it's like, oh look, even, even if, if they teaser. put a trailer, yeah, like to protect teaser. Josh, I think all they really need to do is just a title card and release date. Yeah, anymore, that's all you exactly. need. Not even a trailer, and, and, and that's what I mean. Even if, especially if it's like a major announcement to release it in the theater for people to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. where if it's like, oh, Guardians three coming then, it's like, yeah, whatever. But if they threw up something along the lines of like Fantastic Four coming from marvel mm. and they threw it in that way where it was marvel's like, fan oh my god <laughs> that would be great to see that happen yeah well i know you have a lot left on your list what else you got uh well i was gonna start with sarah i know you're itching to talk about the cat i love the cat <laughs> is there anything more that you wanted to talk about goose or a his name is goose which made me so happy josh <laughs> you get that reference I do. I still don't care to see that movie. So one thing I found out too from the comics. You've never seen Top Gun? No. He refuses. It's at on this our point. list. Um, <laughs> the um, the cat's name in the comics is Chewie. Yeah. Okay, so like the other wingman. I like that too. Also, Goose in the movie was played by four cats. I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> and if Goose yes. is actually a flurkin and not a cat, does she have the right to name it? Because we don't know. I mean, are they sentient enough to name themselves? Well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if, if he cared. Well, if if it cannot communicate, that's true. Yeah. Not liking a name somebody calls her, and she assigns a nickname to it just so she can call it something. Yeah. Yeah. I just the fact that the cat lives at at Air Force Base, we'll just call it that, for any goose. So that just I immediately was so excited. (laughs) At first, I was a little bit like with the CG stuff with him. Like I'm like that looks really unnatural. For a minute, the but zero then I was G like, cap was awesome though. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. So, some of the yeah, but some of it I'm like, ah, you're a fake cat. But then <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted them then, to throw a cat in like the zero G simulator. I actually now I want to see what a real cat does in a zero G. I'm <laughs> pretty sure what the oh is the oh what is it not the ASPCA, PETA. 
who does oh, the, the, like, the humane, humane society, society oh, that humane they tag at the end of every movie that like oh, yeah, no we were here and every animal was safe? <laughs> Can you imagine if yeah. they went and they're like, we're gonna put the cat <laughs> in the zero g simulator? <laughs> I feel like, like it's not really that dangerous for a cat to be in a zero g simulator if there's somebody in there with it. That's not really abusing a cat. I feel like you're causing it stress that it won't understand. It's true. But at any rate, Funny I, stress. I forgave like the little CG stuff whenever you find out that it's flirting or whatever it is. I just, I, yeah, I yeah. just like, and I, I like, liked okay, how, you're, like, you're it, it, <laughs> it just, and maybe because being a cat owner, just like when she gets in the cockpit and it's like trying to be on her lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Love that, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but then the interaction with Flurry, Flurry, Fury, <laughs> I had oh. Flurkin in my head and that. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so angry. Like I said, I think Mark Andre has his has his Halloween costume picked out. He put his his hockey jersey on with some cat ears. And I just I thought he was in there just enough to like it wasn't overkill. Yeah, he was in even just peripheral stuff, and he was in there when he needed to be. You know, he had his point. And. I personally, I felt like it was a great reveal that he actually was a flurkin. Yes. Because yeah. it was completely out of nowhere and all these tentacles fall yes. off the damn cat. And you're like, what the fuck? Did anybody else feel like the, the tentacle scene where he starts like just trashing the few guys was very crude Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is, I've seen this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it bugged me out a little bit the way the tentacles looked because they looked very reminiscent of like the what were they, the, the Ouroboros zombies in Resident Evil 5? Oh, yeah. It, it definitely had a feel like that to it, where it just, like, fucked with my head. Star Wars. Yeah. I'm not going to remember which one. But there's a whole thing where Han, they're running from... The yeah, Rathars. Yes, the, yeah, and, they're, yeah, and they get <laughs> loose. It's a similar kind of scene where it's yeah, like yeah. down a hallway. Yeah. Is yeah. there a similar shot? Where you just see like tentacles? I think they're yeah, they're just yeah, around the corner, are, and yeah. all you see is the tentacles across the the yeah. intersection. Yeah. The other scene that reminded me of another movie was actually when they were flying through the Grand Canyon. All Independence I, Day. Independence Day. I turned to Eric and I told him thing. that it's exact like, thing. It's a, like a real plane versus an uh, alien plane. Right. Yeah. I was like, that was their homage to Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Goose the cat is my favorite. So follow up question: goose. Hashtag more Goose. Where do you think Goose is now? Is he just Shield mascot? I, I well, was wondering. Like he doesn't show up in any of the other movies right. that take place after this. So where? where well, does we also don't know. With her we don't we know if because he's a flurkin, how long of a lifespan does he have? True. Is oh, that's a true. Cat yeah. lifespan because now we're we're it, depending on how old he was when she had him in. It's already been what like they said six was it six years five years six years six years six, yeah. Six, yeah. yeah so and then. How long he is? So we're like, does a flurkin? Does he have a different lifespan? Does a flurkin have the ability to do what scrolls do? True. Could what? that be? Could goose actually not be goose and be just a flurkin? The question imitating goose. They, knew, they were the ones who knew what he was. Yeah. Yeah. They, so you're saying is, yeah. right is it a cat-like creature or is it just a, another creature that can imitate? Imitate. imitate. Yeah. I mm. I googled it this morning at breakfast. And I don't remember a lot. But it did say it was a cat-like creature. Okay. Oh, flurkins are. Okay, yeah. so they're actually in the Marvel universe. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't aware. I didn't I mean, look it up. I just we saw a lot of its powers, but the one power that it listed that we didn't get to see is, um, I guess whatever it ingests puts it into another dimension. Yeah. Oh. So there's like 
and then I guess there's ways to do interdimensional travel through them. Although they said that integral to Endgame, I'm calling <laughs> yes. it. So kind of like Lockjaw. I don't know. The other thing I'm hoping is it's a big if, teleporting if, dog from if Florkins have a different lifespan than a typical cat, is, but I don't know if it's the same. Gotcha. Like sort in um, Winter Soldier when uh, Fury is in Cap's apartment and he's talking about like my wife threw me out and stuff. So you're thinking you're like because we don't really know that much about Fury about what is it, where does he live what's his home life. I really hope that Goose is just his house cat <laughs> that he that like he sometimes takes to the office when he wants to be there and that as a flirk and he has a really long life and like yeah, Captain Marvel say, gets to if she, she'll be like well who's who's feeding Goose <laughs> and they're like who's Goose <laughs> she's like where's Fury's house I need to go make sure he's okay yeah <laughs> so, uh, the only other points I had were uh, that I alluded to it's I think like, in our opening was I was. <laughs> really happy that I I was surprised that Jude Law was the dickhead yeah and Ben yes. Mendelsohn was not the dickhead for once that was on my surprise Very list yes. reversal for the two and of them because I think and I think I don't know if they did it on purpose but I maybe we all read into it ourselves but given Ben Mendelsohn's roles recently in, in the last couple of movies and it's, yeah. it's freaking Jude Law. Yeah. So you always, you expected him to probably be Marvel. Dumbledore's not bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, I, and, that, and my Watson. whole brain was like, no. Dumbledore, <laughs> Watson. Yeah, like you expect him to probably end up being Marvel if yeah. anybody else. He's gonna, okay, here's your mentor character like the um, like the Ancient One and like some of the other characters for, that they've set up in the other movies right so he'll probably be the one you get a beginning story with maybe some bad befalls him captain uh carol carries on from there etc the whole head fake with what uh the representation that annette benning was giving you i absolutely love that she was both simultaneously this projection of her consciousness given what the kree used that for right um that tool for as well as actually being this you know captain leader and, and brilliant one and, and brilliant person a scientist this you know everything else i was i was very happy when i heard she was going to be involved i thought it was going to be i wouldn't say like glenn close was not in guardians all that much right she does not have that much screen time yeah and if benning doesn't have a ton but the integral nature of her character and she had a little bit more screen time, I'd say, in aggregate. Yeah, I was happy oh, to see definitely. that because I thought it would be like a like she's here and gone for a scene. Yeah, I, I they did a good job of keeping that under wraps. Yeah, it, it was everybody's assumption up until the movie released that mm-hmm. Jude Law was going to be Marvel, and, and that probably Ben Mendelsohn would be the the, the villain, basically. Well, well, yeah, yeah, and he'd be your big bad in some way. You cast Ben Mendelsohn right now, and it's assumed he's mm-hmm. a villain, and. Honestly, I feel like they may have even chose Jude Law because he looks a bit like the comic drawing of Marvel to begin with. No, does he? Um, so I think that you know kind of fit that assumption. And turning the table on it when you know they first call him whatever the hell they call him, Young Wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, you did, but it's okay. Just, I said two syllables that ended in a G, and we're taking that as, as correct. I, we, you realize he's not, you know, we, you, like the, the first thing you realize is Mars attacks. Like, <laughs> it's in that first scene when he's training her and she uses the blast on him that you realize, oh, he's not 
Marvel, so that's going to change what my perspective on how this movie would go is going to be. Mm. See, knowing nothing and about until they revealed that, that way I, that later in the movie on. that Annette Benning was playing Marvel. I didn't think they were actually going to use the character at all, and I was mm. like, how are they going to end up with her being Captain Marvel if they don't use Marvel? Sure. Um, I'm waiting to see how many internet trolls get pissed about that too, because Marvel's a man. And they made her a woman in you this know, one. They're yeah. out there already. Oh yeah, but it's just more ammo for them to get pissed about. Yeah, it's like which not not that I would use it as a as a way to counter them, but in theory, is is Annette Benning's character a woman? Yeah, well, if she's like, a scroll yeah, we don't know. a human on Earth as a scroll. Well, so- she was a scroll. Yeah, yeah, she's Cree, so she is a woman. That is very true. That's very true. I was thinking scroll. Sorry, um, but, they, but they do <laughs> throw the reversal there in that, and it's important to note that Carol does not get her powers from Marvel in this instance. Right. She gets it from an engine made from, from the work. Tesseract and her work, and it it works a lot better in terms of the Marvel universe. And I think that's something important to point out is that many of the Kree had similar powers to Captain Marvel, but were not as powerful as he was in the comics. Mm -hmm. So it creates a bit of an issue if you want to have the Kree playing these bad guys to have them all nearly as powerful as Carol ends up being afterwards. Um, Not quite, you know, again, she was still more powerful than they were, but it was always assumed if the humans tangled with the Kree, they were fucked. And it's very, very good for the Marvel Universe that they didn't power the Kree that heavily. Which, it you know, it just creates a problem story-wise to have them that strong. The last thing I have about the movie i think that we haven't touched yet is if a possible prediction is uh and i'll leave in a minute so you can go for your last thing if you want i still have an end game prediction that tony stark dies and in his place if they want to carry on the iron man moniker that i that either shuri picks it up yeah or with some of the personality and character traits that they showed in Monica in this movie she would now be almost 25 years older yeah, okay yeah once Endgame is happening that um, maybe they don't do it immediately after Endgame but maybe a, a movie or two later something might I, I don't know just there's I, I something about where, where at there I think Shuri is just so much better set up to take that role quite true but there was something about Monica I was like maybe they give us a I can see it yeah. Yeah. All right. If you want to do that, I will extricate myself. Yeah, yeah. I, it won't take long to discuss. I got some more stuff for you, Josh, too. In case. Oh, no. All right. Do you want to hit oh, lightning, okay. do lightning round yeah, on that, yeah. and then I'll go? Well, just kind of like I want to talk about surprises. Like, we talked about the role reversal with the Screes and the Scrawls surprised me. Having a net betting be Marvel was surprising for me. Um, Carol getting her powers from the Tesseract was surprising to me. Are there any other surprises for anybody else that we want to touch on that we didn't talk about? Story-wise, there was like I, there was very little about Ms. Marvel that I knew anyway. So if they had changed up anything for you know the sake of creative control or anything, um, it didn't. Okay, it wasn't apparent to me. Anybody else? 
Nothing. Um, for me, I was... I would say it was a minor surprise, but I was very happy they went with the... At the very end, when she's staring down Ronan, they did not shy away from her full-on mohawk at yeah. that point. Like, it was small throughout the rest of the film. She gets fully powered, and that it just goes... I love that mohawk. Yeah. Crazy, and I was like, thank you for not shying away from something like that. Right, right. Because it, 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 it's a really strange design choice they made initially that really worked mm-hmm. for the character, and it looked good on the drawn page. And you know, you have to wonder what it's going to look like in a live action version. It looked awesome. I'm glad they went with it. And even to that point, there's there were many times where they took the opportunity to show your lead actor's face and have the let's be honest, attractive face of Brie Larson visible. But in those closing moments, to take that person and cover them up. And so, like, one of the last things we want you to see is not the face of our star, not not this, you know, young, attractive person. We're putting this mask on her, and she's stylized, and she's zooming into space. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone a different route, but she still is in space. And I think that's part of the reason that you see it that way. Potentially, I think, by the end of the movie, I could buy that she's nearly powerful enough, and she's do whatever the hell she needs to do so if she didn't have a space mask i wouldn't have thought like oh there's a plot hole yeah so but yeah just a, an observation uh right. we talked quickly about Mendelssohn. anything else we want to talk about for his character i don't know if we really dove into that one or not the only thing for me was i did not uh, legitimately i've seen this guy in like six or seven movies now i did not know he was australian that is his real voice. I didn't know that either. Like the voice you see in uh, Batman and Rogue One, like it almost sounds to me sounds more like an affected British accent of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mentioned in previous stuff about Captain Marvel when we talked about like production and stuff like that. Um, the writers and directors of this movie, well, the co-directors of this movie, also co-wrote along with some others, Captain Marvel. They previously made a movie called Mississippi Grind, I've mentioned, yeah, with Mendelssohn and Ryan Reynolds. Mendelssohn has a straight-out, 100% believable American accent. Did not know that... I, I, I almost thought he was putting on an accent as a scroll. Like, yeah, this is the yeah. voice he's chosen now that he's this like alien form that he really is. No, that's the dude's real voice. Didn't know that. Fair enough. I was actually surprised he lived. I thought they were going to die. Or at least he was going to die. He gets shot... Which they never was, mentioned again. I reacted yeah, there, really strongly when he got shot. Yeah, there was a collective gasp in the yeah. movie theater. So, I don't and know I if... Like, yeah. like, I wonder if that was shot and tested with him dying, and then the audience just threw a fit. So they're like, oh, let's just recut that. That's fine. That it would have lost me. I would have been so pissed off. The yeah. the buzzers, do you like this? Do you not? Where's <laughs> yeah. the bullshit button? Yeah. I imagine that's how the screening was. Yeah. Um, and I think we sort of touched on it, but... Um, Assuming this movie gets a proper sequel, any any or unless I don't know what you touch on, but if it bleeds into just predictions for a sequel or it does not. Okay. Any any predictions or or theories for sequel or leading into Endgame? Now that we've seen Captain Marvel, I would predict further encounters with Ronan in a sequel, like Captain Marvel two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a safe I think bet. That's coming, and I I don't like it personally because we know how Ronan ends already. That's the only reason I don't like that. It's just it's you know where there's other go, villains so out there they could in. have pulled for this instead of Ronan. Yeah, and you know 
we we know what's going to happen. So, Sarah Leslie, anything you'd like to see in a sequel? Nothing specific. No? Nothing specific. I'm okay. just happy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's all I have, Mike. So if you want to close sure. us down with whatever. Yeah. Well, Josh um, has to leave. Yeah, Josh needs to you should go sequester go himself. Go in the basement. I'll go get you when we're done. <laughs> this is not going to take that long. This is, this is, You're this, banished this, to the basement. Go in the basement. Cone of shame. I also oh, like I how my own little Florkin has <laughs> taken up <laughs> residence on Friday. Apparently, lap. yes. <laughs> I took a picture. So I'm, I'm going to assume Josh is out of earshot right now. <laughs> so the, the the one thing you guys are okay with the spoilers and trailers yes. and everything. Okay. I haven't watched the latest Endgame no, trailer, I've but the latest. But you've seen one at least. I've seen one. Okay, so then you've seen what I'm going to talk about, which is Tony being stranded on a ship in space, yes. running out of resources, withering away and dying. My assumption previously was that Captain Marvel en route to Earth would encounter him, save him, bring him back. Um, I just assumed that because we knew she had what was going to happen. We know that going into Endgame, obviously Tony has to make it back at some point. There is one tragic storyline where he stays in space and leaves a memoir of some kind that they could play out, but that seems very unlikely to be a storyline they would follow for him just not making it back. So who do we have left? To collect Tony, if you will, and return to Earth with him. Silver Surfer. <laughs> no. We have Aww. we have Valkyrie and the Asgardians <laughs> that were on their way to Earth anyways. Hmm. To collect him. And I think this would be like my prediction moment. So half the Asgardians are still out there. After there were you, two ships? There, well, yeah. It was... Thor pointedly says half of his people were taken out. We never see an end for the Valkyrie. That's true, we don't. We never see an end for Korg. We never see them on that ship. So you're just completely ruling out that Captain Marvel's not picking up Tony at all? I, I think the end credit scene, her showing up without him. Doesn't mean she can't go back out to space to get him. Well, she did just go, where's Fury? Yeah. Got or, or, or maybe Got Tony was, you know. What's happening? Not as fast as she was getting into the building after she brought the There's nothing that says once she gets to Earth, she's going to stay on Earth. Perhaps, but I think... I think we need some connective tissue, like something there that's already there, and I think that's a good connection. And I don't care. It needs to happen because I need to see Tony have a conversation with Korg. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love for that too. Um, and that moment, I think, is something that they probably want, and maybe they'll give it a go. I think th that, that would be, be my prediction. Is now since Captain Marvel, I stays out of the picture because she's come to Earth. They don't even know where Tony is. They have no idea. Yeah. So she's come to Earth and she's here already. She's here for the fight. Tony's not there, obviously. I'd say the Asgardians are what's left to pick Tony up. Okay. Um, and I just wanted to hear what anybody else thought about that as a possibility. As I mean, I could see it. I still wouldn't rule out Captain Marvel picking him up, though. 
So I could I could go either way. Fair I don't enough. know. And I don't have strong feelings on that because I didn't think about it. The only other thing I wrote down, and this is Josh could be here for this, so just just go. We're we're way over as it is. Okay. It just briefly, um, we had talked right after the movie about destroying the the stones. Yeah. And how that could happen. And I just kind of made myself a quick list. And the only one I can come up with that nobody has enough connection to to maybe be able to destroy is the reality stone. Um, because Gamora can is in the soul stone potentially. She, you know, something going on there with Gamora in the soul stone. Yeah. Um, the Scarlet Witch we've seen can destroy the Mind Stone. Captain Marvel now has a heavy connection to the Space Stone. Yeah. Doctor Strange has a close connection to the Time Stone at this point. And Star-Lord was able to wield the power of the Power Stone, even for a brief time. So he has enough connection to it that I'd say, maybe. But the Reality Stone, other than Jane, who is not coming back, as far as we know, unless they ninja got Natalie Portman to come back in. Yeah, she's not coming back. uh, Was the only one with that connection to the Reality Stone. That's left alive. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they need to figure out how to take that one down. I don't know. Maybe if they're going to go that route, I think it's there. I think that's a possibility for how things could wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, because we were trying to theorize now that she's part of the Tesseract, if she can destroy the Tesseract. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll... And this is also assuming they're they're trying to destroy the stones by the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It just is a theory. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll, we'll get to all this probably again whenever we do our some sort of prediction episode. And try to do it. But all right, so we've gone way over as it is, so we're just going to wind it down. Normally we try to do ratings. I'm not even going to worry about the ratings right now. We'll worry about ratings another time whenever we do our list or something. So uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy Super Friends, go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions. You can email us, which I don't check, Friends at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at BG Super Friends on Twitter, that I will check. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Leslie, Mike, Sarah, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>